0: It's nice to meet you. And this is my assistant and good right arm, Figment. Hey, don't worry about it, bird lady. Just get my tool group together and we're headed on out of here. Here we
1: go. Nothing is rehearsed. There is no script. We don't know what will happen.
2: What are you hanging
3: around for? Let's go have some fun!
1: Welcome to
4: a voyage of discovery and awareness. Of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of WW Radio,
3: your information
0: station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 687, and together, as we have been since 2005. We're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Star Wars, Cruise Line, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. And so, having just returned from our WW Radio inaugural group cruise aboard the Disney Wish, this week we're going to share 10 things we learned and love about the Disney Wish from stem to stern it's a full review of what's new different delicious and interesting then stay tuned for our disney trivia question of the week where you can enter to win a disney wish prize package and more updates and your voicemails at the end of the show and of course if you like what you hear please share the show and tell a friend so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the ww radio show June of 2022, the Disney Wish was christened and finally made her maiden voyage just a few weeks later. And I was fortunate enough to have been able to sail on both of those cruises really to explore, learn, and prepare for our first WWEO inaugural group cruise on August 1st. They really were research trips. And while that might sound like A lot, and trust me, I am very hyper aware of, and grateful every day for what you allow me to do and share with you. It really helped me learn not only about the the ship, but also get a much better understanding of this new class of Disney Cruise Line vessels. And more importantly, I want to help you prepare for your first or your next voyage on the Disney Wish. So this week. In the interest of not making this a four-hour intensive deck-by-deck review, we're going to look at 10 things we learned and love about the Disney Wish. And by we, I, of course, mean Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel.
4: And I'm still trying to catch up on the time zone, so <laughs> <laughs> Becky thanks was for having in me. in
0: Orlando. Now, Becky's from Seattle. She was in Orlando for a... We spent a lot of time. It felt like about 75 days you were in Pretty Orlando. much. You, you and I spent a
4: lot of time together, and we still didn't get everything done that we needed to do on the list. Tell but... your
0: husband he's welcome. And joining me, <laughs> because I believe in ladies first, and joining me for the first time, for the first time, I think, is long-time friend. No, not the first time. Long-time friend, long-time writer for the WW blog about Disney Cruise Line and accessibility on Disney Cruise Line and the Disney Parks is Vanessa Prince Hello, how are you? Okay, so correct me which where, what shows have you been on before?
1: Um, we did the magic cruise out of NoLA and I believe there's at least one other one um, a while back.
0: Well forgive me i'm i'm old and i'm and i'm that was years ago anyways <laughs> it, it was years ago and i'm still having chicken tender withdrawal from from room <laughs> service. so uh and joining me once again this time i remembered is jeff c from social media news live who you may remember from show 669 our marvel day at sea review
2: yes i'm still full I am still full.
0: <laughs> from the Marvel Day at Sea, Jeff is yes, still Yes, and I'm, I'm still
2: full, <laughs> even from that one, yes. Uh, but, oh, my gosh, stretchy pants.
0: <laughs> Jeff, uh, talk about somebody who goes, you don't dip your toes into the water of cruising. Jeff hears, oh, you're doing group cruises? I'm not going to book one. You've booked how many group cruises so far? So did the
2: Marvel, did this one on the Wish, and then I have the, the eight-day one coming up next year in April. Yay.
0: Yeah. So listen the fact that you you booked all three and you're still coming all three says a lot so uh, oh i'm not
2: coming to yours i'm gonna go to a different (laughs) one but no all
0: right so first things first don't even think about this too very too much becky then vanessa then jeff first impression i want you to just quickly give me your initial first impression of the ship what did you think and feel when you first stepped on board the wish I loved
4: the design. When you first walk into the Grand Hall and you're hit with, it looks exactly like the artist's renditions of it. And the the first impression I had was it's absolutely gorgeous. It's sparkling. It's beautiful. Now, where is everything? Because when you first walk on board, you know, we, we know what Disney kind of does between the, the four ships that are already there. You know, you turn left and you're going to hit one of the restaurants. You go right, you're going to find the elevators right there. And It was strangely, in a good way, um, familiar, but I didn't know exactly where I was going. And I think I loved that about it because uh, there was so much discovery to do. And I didn't look at deck plans beforehand. I didn't look at anything before I walked on board. I wanted to discover the spaces myself and that's exactly what happened. Well,
1: I found it very refreshing because it's not nautical at all. And like Becky said, when you walked into the Grand Hall, it was beautiful. Um, it, there wasn't a square anywhere. I mean, it was very rounded. It looked like somebody used plaster work everywhere. And just the details, um, I mean, it's just, as they would say, very enchanting and truly a castle on the sea. I mean, the whole ship is that way. It just feels like you're somewhere else, not on a cruise ship.
2: So for me, uh, so this wasn't just my second only, you know, Disney cruise. This was my first second cruise ever. So uh, this was our first one was the Magic and this was the the wish and it was just gorgeous. Just walking in and, and seeing it when you're right at the edge when they're announcing your name when you first walk in, you know, you're just almost uh, spellbound by the, it's dazzling. Uh, it's just it's so pretty and I thought yeah, um, what Vanessa said about the the curves just that it just flowed. Everything flowed from when you walked in and when you looked up. Everything was just I mean it was just gorgeous and we, Jody and I just sat there and just kind of stared around with our mouth agape. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're all sort of echoing my internal sentiments, which I, I think I sort of outwardly expressed because the very first time I stepped on The Wish, I took you with me because we were live. Becky was there. My family was there when we stepped foot on the christening cruise back in June, because like you said, it's familiar, but not. It has a very different layout than the dream or the magic class of ships and on the last week's show, I talked to Theron Skis about that back on show 686 and a lot of the design choices. And you very quickly picked up on a lot of things that he mentioned in terms of using words like flow, this idea of enchantment and a castle at sea. And I, too, as a as a multi-time Disney cruiser, I love that sense of exploration and discovery because things weren't quote-unquote where they were supposed to be so if you've been on past Disney cruises (coughs) excuse me it's slightly and I think wonderfully (coughs) excuse me disorienting Uh, of course if you want to make Disney fans crazy just go ahead and change something if you don't believe me check Twitter but I I, the more time I've spent on the ship the more logic I see in some of (coughs) excuse me (coughs) excuse me the choices Um, you know and again you know it's sort of Call out. I mean, if you've paid attention at all to social, you, you do hear some complain on social Disney fans complain never. But <laughs> I think I think there is a lot to love about this ship. And look, I'm a choose the good kind of guy. So that's why I wanted to look at some of the things that not only we love about the ship, but that we learned about the ship as well. And I think whether you are a first time cruiser or a repeat Disney cruiser, there's a lot to love. And I think there's a, a lot to learn. Um, and before we get into the, to the list, um, I, I want to say something that I think and I feel and I have no confirmations um, either way. But when we got on the christening and then a couple of weeks later on the maiden and when we were very clear and, and open about this during the live broadcasts and, and on the live video when we came back, you can clearly see <clears throat> excuse me, that not everything was finished. I sort of liken it to Disneyland. The pavement was very much still wet, like Disneyland's opening day. And we went in with that understanding, and I know for me, being very forgiving of that. um, I think there's a lot of grace that needs to be given under the circumstances. I, I liken it to opening up a restaurant on a Saturday night. You need to give a few weeks to sort of work out the kink, sometimes wait for some things to be finished uh, some of the deliveries to, to to still come in um and still even on the August 1st cruise it was the the pavement was still wet in a number of places for example the Aladdin show was unfortunately not ready the Disney uncharted adventure <clears throat> excuse me AR game was also not live i also came to find out that there's something called Olaf's royal picnic which is this right. Uh, add-on experience in Arendelle where you sort of have this Nordic midsummer festival picnic with Olaf and you get gifts and keepsakes that was not ready and that there are certain things that are still being tweaked and adjusted and that's okay um, because I'm approaching this knowing that and understanding that things will change and I believe certainly will improve as they have over the last Two cruises, right? There's a big difference from the christening cruise to this August 1st cruise. They will continue to as time goes on. And and look, I think people sometimes forget that when the Dream and the Fantasy launched, there were a lot of similar wet pavements that came and went and are now forgotten as those ships improved over time, the Wish will as well. So that being said, I want to start at the beginning with our, I'm really going to keep this to a 10 sort of ish list we need to start at the most important area and it is not the grand hall. It is of course dining. Let's get, let's get the big delicious elephant out of the room in the room, out of the room to make way for some of the restaurants. And I want to sort of break this down into the quick service dining experiences, the adults only dining experiences, and start off with Disney's hallmark, which is the rotational dining options. And I realized after we got on board, and and I know this is a DC thing, but all three of the dining options are really sort of grounded in dynamic duos. 1923 is Walt and Roy, Arendale mm-hmm. is Anna and Elsa, and the Avengers Quantum Encounter at Worlds of Marvel mm-hmm. is Ant-Man and the Wasp silences silence is me <laughs> dropping the mic and walking away. <laughs> so if you've never been on Disney Cruise, you rotate through each of those dining experiences one time on a three-day cruise. You'll have a second on a four-day cruise. I'll, I want to I want you to quickly share your thoughts. And again, I'll do ladies first, Vanessa, Becky, and Jeff. Your thoughts on each of the restaurants, what you liked, what you enjoyed most, um, any sort of Thoughts without going, again, too deep into each and every menu item about 1923, Arendelle and the Avengers Quantum Encounter at Worlds of Marvel. Well,
1: 1923 was my favorite one. And kind of going in and seeing the sketches and everything ahead of time, I kind of felt that's going to be my restaurant that I loved. And I did. And I think part of it was because there's so much history in there. I'm take a step backwards because the restaurants actually split into two, as Lou kind of said a little while ago. So there's the Roy side and the Walt side, and they both have different historical things in it. I, don't know if you, I guess it was kind of a rich feeling, and you just wanted to sit there and be glamorous while you ate. And for Arendelle, I loved the theming there. This was not a split restaurant like the other ones. Everybody was in a grand hall as if you were celebrating Queen Anna and Kristoff's engagement. And I just actually, I loved walking down the hallway and looking at all the portraits that were in the movie. I thought that was like a great detail. I don't know if people picked up on all the different ones, but I was told that they were in the movie, even for a split second, they were in that hallway. And it's a long hallway. For the food there, the scallops and the puff pastry were my favorite at Arendelle.
4: Yeah, along those lines, looking at Marvel, I love the idea. The story is is fun to follow, I'm hoping that that one tweaks a little bit over time. I, I'm not going to go too much into that because I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I think that that has a lot of room for some extra magic. Uh, Arendelle meatballs, <laughs> the meat, the meatballs, the the baked scallops. Every single time we were there, that was the thing we had to order. And there was one time I actually wanted to order it twice, but didn't. Um, what I what I liked about Arendelle was... It's lots of great entertainment. I I felt completely um, surrounded by story from the moment you walked down that hallway. And I love you that you brought up the hallway because it is one of the design elements that is different. Um, They create that hallway apart from the public areas of the ship so that you don't have that huge lineup of people that we always see lining up for, uh, for that restaurant that's uh, up there in the, in that front area. So it's neat that they have it set aside away from people in the design factor. Again, the entertainment's top-notch, um, the voices of those entertainers, the, the way that they do engage with the audience. I I've kind of felt like I was at a dinner theater and, and we certainly were in that element. Um, 1923. I'm, I think I gotta say, as everybody else's, that's my favorite. It, it's elegant. It, projects the legacy of Walton Roy with all of the sketches and the artifacts and the pieces but yet the dark tones really makes it feel um rich and elegant somewhere that you should be dressing up to go to which was really funny because a lot of people take that 1923 theme Mm -hmm. to the max and they're dressed up as flappers and they're (laughs) doing the 1923 uh costuming which i found really fun to watch uh so they, they took it maybe in a different direction of what it was actually named for but they're seriously you're you're (laughs) you're doing it wrong. If you don't get the tuna, the pasta and the filet, just in that (laughs) order. Um, I could order like four of those tuna meals because the appetizers, they were fantastic. So between the three, 1923 is my absolute favorite of both um, location and for the food. The other places though are are very close to being right up there with the entertainment and the, the, um, the atmosphere.
2: Yeah, so I have to echo a lot of that. But I mean, there's not any bad food really on a Disney (laughs) ship. I mean, come on. And so but 1923 was my favorite. And I did order the ahi tuna, um, I think twice, maybe three. I can't remember. It was a lot. (laughs) And it was really, really good. But that was my favorite. I would agree with Lou. That was the best dining um, experience I had on any of the ships. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I loved sitting down and having the placeholder plates. I felt like I was like in the brown derby, yeah. uh, kind of a the old kind of style restaurant. I didn't and I did not dress up like I was like, you know, and I look a little scruffy anyway, and I didn't feel out of place. And so mm-hmm. it was really, it was elegant, but it wasn't over the top. I didn't feel like I was at a Michelin starred restaurant, but it was just gorgeous. Um I loved the menus, just all the theming in there was really, really cool. So that was again, my favorite one out of all of them. Uh, I really like the Marvel show. I mean, it's it's made for Marvel fans. Um, it was really, really funny and clever and interactive, but I agree with Becky, there's can be some stuff that could happen that would make it like go even more. I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. So, I mean, anyway, that's all I'm going to say, but it was great. And um, yeah, I just, the, the, it reminded me of, how they did these nods that tied in parts of the ship to the show, like they did at the Marvel day at sea, maybe not as much, but there was a lot of that same kind of thing, which is really, really fun and gets always gets a laugh. And it was just a really, really fun show. Um, Arendelle, we probably had the worst seats you could ask. We were the farthest away, but we were in the back total of the last row. And we still were able to participate in the show. We were still able to, to interact with it and watch it. And it was great. I was really fascinated watching the performers, because I did a lot of theater and, you know, when you do theater, you're facing one direction and that's your audience is in front of you. They had audience on all sides and the way they would continue to play to all the areas of the 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 dining room was amazing and took a lot of thought and choreography. I really liked that they took Olaf around and that was a marvel of technology in itself. But how it was even you if you were on the outskirts of the action that would come to your table. And there was some interaction right beside you. So you didn't feel left out because I was thinking for kids, like if they were frozen fans and they were there and they were sitting there, we were sitting and they would be like really disappointed. But then at the end of the show or during breaks, they would have that interactive that would come around and that would make it, you know, really exciting for them. So uh, that was probably my, I mean, all the food was amazing, but that's, we were, we were in the nosebleed section, but there's not a bad seat in the, in the house really.
0: And I'll pick up right from there too. And I'll start off with, arendale and you're right jeff it is this very sort of it's a theatrical space right it's a sort of a high energy theatrical space themed after frozen Two, like you said vanessa where those portraits that you've seen on screen have now sort of come to life you feel as though you are in this engagement party that's being catered by Oaken's hardy party planning services and sauna but here The show is the star, right? It's usually the other way around. Like, you're going for the food, there's a little bit of entertainment. I think the show is a star because the performances, both on stage with the characters as well as the the musical trio, were outstanding. Um, Still, with excellent food. I agree with you, Vanessa, about the scallops in the puff pastry. Get it, you're welcome. Um, I love the design of the space, the wide-open spaces by removing the serving stations from the center sort of corridors of the restaurant and pushing them out to the perimeter, you do have this much more open space. You mentioned how the other restaurants are almost sort of split as they are in a lot of the, of the other ships here. You can see from one end of the restaurant to the other. So you have this very wide open theater in the round type of space. Uh, Olaf is, is, brilliant how they introduced that character i don't want to spoil everything but he's not the star and i don't think that's a bad thing because oaken and Kristoff and the trio of performers really really were um and as i mentioned earlier i still think that that show that we saw is still undergoing some additional elements being added to it I, agree. I also feel the same way about Avengers at worlds of Marvel. Uh, you hinted to it as well, Becky, it feels complete, but you almost feel like there's something almost more that, that you're waiting to have happen. Maybe we're setting your expectations high. I love the design, right? I was very, very, this is the restaurant I was most excited for before stepping foot on the ship. And when you walk in and you're hit with that, you know, Tony Starkature you are instantly you get that feeling and I was like you know I had this grin on my face because it is as Disney describes this first ever Marvel Cinematic Dining Adventure where you sort of play an interactive role and you do because that quantum core that is sitting on your table is not just there for show and this there is uh, Jeff you made a a great uh, uh, allusion to it's very much like that show that takes place on deck during Marvel Day at Sea on the Disney Magic, but this time it's taking place in the round, in the restaurant, and you are very much a part of it without spoilers, including villains. Um, there are a lot of surprises. I love the background music that plays in there, mm-hmm. the flavors of the menu, which I agree, Becky, I, I think and I hope are still continuing to be tweaked. This was this was of the three restaurants I think the food here was probably third out of three, but it's inspired by, you know, spices from Wakanda and soups from Sokovia and shawarma from New York. Um, The show is fun, funny, and I love the fact that it's very Um, Mm self-aware. And here's a pro tip for you. And this will come full circle with something we're going to talk about later. Before, if you get a chance, before you go to the Worlds of Marvel restaurant, and I think you should do this no matter what, go to the open house in the Oceaneer Club and go to the Marvel Superhero Academy so you can start to get some of the backstory of the Worlds of Marvel cinematic entertainment show. They are very, very interconnected. You might not see it as much, but if your kids, if they're of that age, go to the Oceaneer Club they will very, very much be able to make that connection. Moving on to the quick service, and there is a lot (laughs) of it. Very quickly touching on Marshalline Market is the cabanas of the Disney Wish. I actually like the theming and the food here more than I did cabanas. If you look, not only is the the, the decor very different, but each of the many stations has – Subtle tie-ins to Disney movies like Alice in Wonderland or Zootopia and Ratatouille. And I think the food is even sort of a a little bit of a notch up from Cabanas. The one thing I noticed in hindsight, there's no trays. They don't give you trays in Marceline Market like they do on the other ships. Very quickly, (laughs) thoughts on Marceline Market comparing and contrasting to Cabanas on the other ships. Jeff, Vanessa, and Becky.
2: So for me, um, I, so I ranked these, like I was thought I was doing a top 10 cause that's what it said in the email, but I put <laughs> this as number three um, because uh, I, I was very impressed with it. I like Cabanus. There's nothing wrong with it. And a lot of people are like, this isn't Cabanas," And I'm like, I know. And I like it. It's, they're two different things. They're not ones. I mean, one could be better. I really like Marceline uh, market better. The decor. The I mean, we went through there a couple of times, every time we went to eat and the being able to see the little hidden gems that they would have and the way they would do different lighting, like one's in a colander, one's milk crates. The other is like, you know, old lampshades. I just thought that was so freaking cool. And um, it was interesting how it was laid out. Like it te- seemed to be like all the good stuff, like the shrimp and the crab uh, legs were in the back <laughs> where they, the two sides would share, they would mirror each other, but everything like the fresh fruit in the morning for like, um, the breakfast but then like shrimp and crab things so it was interesting how they laid it out like it was mirrored on the sides and then the back was like all the special goodies and so we always sat at the back because you know that's we know we can figure that stuff out so i loved it
1: this was one of my favorite quick service places um not only because it was air conditioned but just as jeff said just everything to look at and um the food was great they did rotate out different items like there there was always like the tikka masala but there was something next to it that was different each day so you didn't feel like oh i'm just going in and having the same choices at all 10 stations i could always find a variety of different food to eat there um again like jeff mentioned like looking up when you're in here it's not that you're going into cabanas it's like the same old seagulls going mine mind, mine, mine. It's, look up because there's teapots and there's lampshades there's just all different kinds of fun things to look at um and my favorite space and I probably shouldn't sit, say this secret but it's what I call like the back wings of Marceline I mean, Jeff was talking about sitting way in the the aft part of the ship but mine is when you first walk in after you've washed your hands and you turn left or right there's these like wings that go forward on the ship, and both sides are different, but people, I don't know if they know they're there, but you can keep walking pretty far, and it's very quiet. Um, I actually found Lou there one morning um, with Nicholas, and it's just, I don't know, there's even like a beverage station back there, so it's not like you got to walk all the way to the aft to get another something to drink, and it was just really a nice place to just kind of hang out and look out over the ocean. You could, no matter what seat you were in, you had a beautiful view. Um, But the food I found was very good. Um, So I did like Marceline.
4: And for me, it was more about the design. They did such a great job fixing the problems of cabanas, which to me has that, that situation where you walk in the door, they hand you a tray and you and 20 other people are in line and you go from spot to spot to spot in that conga line that goes down through the three stations. This was designed to make it very apparent that you don't need to be in that line. You can just walk up to the station that you are interested in without waiting for the 20 people in front of you to go past everything before you get to what you want. And I think that that The way that they separated those stations makes that very apparent that, yeah, we don't want you to stand in line behind 25 other people to get what you want. You just walk up to the station that you want. And I found that much more refreshing than uh, any of the other design elements they did on board to kind of fix that that Cabana's problem. I did like the way that it it feels a little more spread out. Uh, The ship is about 10 feet wider than the fantasy in the dream and you can really feel that on this ship uh while there are some tight spaces it doesn't feel like cabanas where those tables are almost right on top of each other so adding those those bat wings that you're talking about and then adding a little bit of uh, of design finesse uh including the the up tables too makes it a much more pleasant
0: space to be in i agree 100 and and Vanessa, you mentioned the chicken tikka masala, and I think that bears mentioning because every day at lunch and in the evening, and even for breakfast too, there were some inspired menu items that were their consistency. Chicken tikka masala. In the morning, one of the station had a number of Asian-inspired, so you could get fried rice like with eggs in it. You can get a congee that you could add... um, You know, vegetable and stuff, too. So I I like that there was a little bit more of a wider spectrum of selections Mm -hmm. for both breakfast and lunch. The issue that I had with Marceline Market is that the food on Deck 11 was so good, I had a very difficult time balancing my time between Mickey and Friends Festival of Food and going to Marceline Market because I liked them both. And we talk about things that I think are improvements on The Wish. The quick service Deck 11 food at Mickey and Friends Festival Foods is a huge step up, in my <clears> opinion. <throat> Not just mm-hmm. in quantity, but in quality. There are four distinct sort of ordering themed ordering bays. And it very much is themed like the Mickey cartoon shorts that you'll find on Disney+. Plus. There is Mickey's Smokestack Barbecue donald's cantina daisy's pizza pies goofy's grill sweet minnie's ice cream and becky there's also the lookout bar a couple of quick things (laughs) of of note and then just each of you give me a a quick little thoughts on the the festival of foods the smokestack barbecue if they took the polite pig from disney springs and put it on deck 11 you get smokestack barbecue, and I know that is a very sort of high compliment because it deserving is uh, deserving of There are probably five or six, maybe even more, different sort of entrees that you can choose from. Where, like a, a real barbecue joint, they put it like on a, um, a paper lined tray for you, and there's also wonderful side dishes. There's a hot sauce bar if you wanted to add some different sauces to it you can sauce it to taste Donald's Cantina is sort of analogous to like a really good Chipotle like you could make your own bowls and burritos there Becky and I ate there a lot on the maiden voyage Daisy's Pizza Pies I look I am from the Northeast my last name ends in a vowel Disney sometimes has a tough time making good pizza in the parks To say that I ate my weight in pizza is not all that much of an overstatement. The pizza is thin crust. It's made to order and comes out in about five minutes. There's five or six different pizzas, including you can get a gluten-free pizza as well. It was delicious. Goofy's Grill has the normal cheeseburger, french fries, chicken tenders, bratwurst in a pretzel roll. My son and I talked about this over our sixth or seventh cheese, I don't know what they did to the cheeseburgers there, but they are fantastic. Like, they are yeah. some of the best. I don't know what it is that's different, but they are absolutely delicious. And, of course, the, the ice cream goes without saying. Quick thoughts on Festival Foods. Did you go there? What, if anything, stood out to you? In any order. Becky, Vanessa, Jeff.
4: Okay. I would say this was actually one of my favorite favorite things on board when it when you're talking about food because they elevated it they didn't just say hey we're gonna have a spot upstairs we can get 24hour pizza or you know 12 hour pizza whatever <laughs> and um and here have have some burgers and have some chicken tenders it really the, the, it's apparent they put a lot of thought into this and uh, it's quality the pizza I'm gonna I know I know just write to me becky at mei-travel.com um the pizzas were actually better than the ones i had in paulo which it, it was so surprising because that's one of the things usually about a cruise it's like the the pizza is kind of like you know whatever you are going to get frozen out of the the grocery freezer and throw it in your oven these were fantastic and they were they're, they're baked fresh right there. You can say, hey, I want an entire pizza. And you can walk away with an entire pizza and then sit there with your friends or family and, and have a pizza by yourselves or by the slice. Um, the the taco location, yeah, we kept going back. And that was probably because I was going, Lou, we got to go back and have tacos because they were so good. You could do a taco bowl. You could do um, soft tacos or burritos. and. The quality was fantastic. And yes, I had a burger and couldn't believe how great it was. So whatever they did, the chef that worked on that to to pull those flavors together, they really elevated the experience.
0: And just a quick mention before I forget, each of the locations had an on-menu vegetarian option as well. So, for example, the the pizza, I know Daisy's had a plant-based sausage. There's a lot of plant-based vegetarian and vegan items on there as well. So
2: one of the things that I thought was really interesting, is like when we did talk about this in the Marshley market in between the two sides, there's a bar and a coffee shop. And it seemed like it was almost on the on the wish that, you know, in the parks, like it's like 30 steps and you're in a trash can. It felt like there's 30 steps and there'd be a bar and a coffee shop. It just felt Yay! like they were they were <laughs> I figured, they were everywhere. But I, I, you know, I really wanted to get I was so freaking full all the time. I could not get to the barbecue. I'm from Texas. I wanted to try it, But I'm like, uh, if I want to pass, I was going to be on that. The pizza was fabulous. Uh, I'll I'll echo what everybody said. It was amazing. Um, and then um, the ice cream is what I had. That's the only thing else, because I was just I was full all the time. The cool thing is is they close at different times, like the pizza is open to like midnight. Right. The barbecue is open, like till like eight or something. I don't know. But they had kind of staggered times, which I thought was nice for people who want to get a snack later on.
1: I did enjoy this area. Um, one thing I learned on the maiden voyage is you can go to one spot and ask for something and have them add something at another one. So we went to uh Goofy's Grill, got a pretzel roll, they toasted it and went over to the Mickey's smokestack and they put the pork or whatever you wanted on there. And you made your own like sandwich that nobody Shut else had. Up. You could get
0: all the fries. Yeah. Why I did you wait till I got <laughs> off the ship to tell me
1: that? No, I put it in the tips in the in the cruise thing. So you missed it. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know, it was like out of this world that you could just just the food was wonderful there. Um, I even tried the canteen. I made my own bowl and I really enjoyed it because again, like you said it's like a Chipotle on sea and. Um, the ice cream and they had the banana. And one thing to note, they did change how um, Sweet Minnie's ice cream is working before, you know, you used to go up and fill your own cone or whatever, or if you wanted it in a bowl or a cup, you had to go somewhere, get it, get it, go find a spoon. But now they're serving you your ice cream, either in a cone and they hand it to you, or they even had some cups and spoons there if you couldn't eat out of um, a cone. So I, I found that nice that you- it kind of kept things moving also not waiting for some kid to make this huge ice cream cone that was just going to melt anyway. So <laughs> we can just come back for the second one.
0: <laughs> Jeff, you mentioned sort of in passing that, you know, you walk less than 30 steps and you'll find a bar. The other thing that I noticed too, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a drinker per se, but I know I like going for sometimes on a Disney cruise, you like to treat yourself to um uh, a fancy coffee or a tea on the first four ships there's there's a few places here and there i noticed on the the wish there are a ton of places to get coffees and teas cove cafe on deck 12 the enchanted sword cafe on deck five midship just below that on deck four the wishing star cafe marceline market cafe the bayou on deck 11 you could do self-serve coffee and obviously if you are a concierge guest they have a lot of fancy fancy foofy coffees in the concierge lounge as well and it seemed like a lot of people who are coffee drinkers really really liked having not just the accessibility but so many locations throughout the ship as long as we're talking about food i think we also have to mention the adult only food locations that are there palo which is now palo steakhouse is for all intents and purposes a carryover for the most part of Palo in the other on the other ships. We Becky and I went to Palo for brunch. I did not get an opportunity to do Palo dinner. And Enchante, which on um, the Fantasy would be uh like Remy, is very different. This is a very upscale, very elegant gourmet menu crafted by Michelin 3-star chef Arnold uh, that guy. Go ahead. Arnold um who was also <laughs> behind Remy on The Dream and The Fantasy. There is the Rose Lounge, which services both of those location. Um And there's other, other adult areas too, like the Cove Cafe. Um, we'll talk about the Census Spa in terms of other adult places as well. But uh, quick thoughts, if any. I know, Becky, you have, but Jeff or, or Vanessa, did you get a chance to go to Apollo or Enchante?
1: Yes, I, um, I did both uh, brunch and dinner at Palo. On the maiden voyage, we did dinner. I didn't really feel it was the same as on the other ships. Um, you, it was very s- small menu. And if you wanted to stick within your $45, it was only these, thi- these things. And you could um, add on and you could add, rack your bill up really high if you weren't paying attention to it. But I really loved the brunch. Um, we had the same waiter cause we just fell in love with him the, on the maiden voyage. So we had him again on, at brunch and you can just eat all day. I mean, you can spend two hours and they just keep bringing you food. I had, um, requested something that I know Becky likes. And at first uh, we were told that they didn't have it. And all of a sudden they brought it out. And of course I'm like no! crying because they brought it they, to Andrew. And I'm like, hey, where's mine? You know, so now. <laughs> They told me no.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I'll be over here you crying.
1: Ask for Brandon. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was definitely try to get brunch if you can. Um I, like again, you can just or, keep ordering everything you want off the menu. They're not gonna stop you because you hit $45. And then on Chante, I was not able to, but I'm going on the December 5th cruise and I was able to book the dessert tasting. So I'm looking forward to that. I usually don't go to Remy or some of the upscale ones, but I thought, huh, it's available. I'm going to take it because I can always cancel if I decide I don't want to do it, but I do want to do it. So looking forward to that.
2: So I didn't need any of them because I was just excited with the new restaurants. I mean, and I knew there was a lot of food and I was like, I don't need to. And, but we did have some people on our table who did go. Um, it was really interesting to me. A lot of people did not know Marvel um, at all on my table. And so that's the night they chose to go to Palo or to uh, to Enchante. And I checked in with the people who went to Enchante and they were like, they, they smiled and said, it was very adventurous. Mm-hmm. And they wish they would have done Palo is what they told me. So it's not for, you know, the I would say the people who just want like chicken tenders and and stuff, they want, you yeah, know, no. this is a high end thing. And I mean, and they were they were a high end couple. And I mean, but they still were like, it was fun, but, you know, we could have gone to Paul. Yeah. Enchante is definitely meant
4: for the people who adore Remy or VA. Um it it is a very high end price tag with the high end menu that comes along with it. Uh it's not something that I think that I'm going to do every single cruise. It's however I believe that for those who really do enjoy a, a French cuisine with the nine um <laughs> or or courses that come with it and pairing with wine and having that uh that elevated service level and when you look at pigeon or Wagyu, some of us p- pick the Wagyu. Some of us pick the pigeon because he wants to try to eat everything. And his name is Lou. Um, however, I really do believe for those who want that romantic dinner together, want that VA type of experience or a celebration and do have that adventurous palate and a, It's not adventurous like, here, here's, you know, something really strange that you have never met. Well, okay. Again, (laughs) you can have Wagyu beef instead. Again, for the 25th time that I told you that. But you ate your pigeon. How was your pigeon? Well, let
0: me explain. Let let me quickly (laughs) explain. When you go into Enchante, you basically can choose from two different sort of menu courses. There is a... Uh, I think it's like a nine course option. I think that it is one ninety five, and I believe there's a six course option that's one twenty five. There's also ones that you can. There's also items you can do a la carte. A la carte. <laughs> uh, you can do main lobster. You can do the wagyu beef. We decided to go with the middle tier, and Becky's and in the middle tier, the entree is pigeon. And Becky's like, "Look, I've had pigeon all day. I'd really like to try something oh, a little bit different." She opted <laughs> out for the wagyu beef. I said, look, if I am going to review and rate this experience, I will do it. You know, look, I'm the kind of person who is a bit of an adventurous eater. I will go and do a Japanese omakase and let the chef just prepare whatever he or she would like. I said, if this is what the chef has put on the menu, I want to eat it just as it was designed. I ate pigeon. I have eaten pigeon. I'm moving on. I'm moving on the pigeon. It's not necessarily <laughs> the wagyu
4: beef was amazing. Sure and oh wait, hold was. on. Wait, wait. Let me take you to a moment beyond the pigeon. The cheese tray.
0: The cheese tray. Yeah, cheese is um, a, cheese is a dessert uh, in, in yes France. So in
4: France, and it was amazing. So again, it, it's to the taste. I mean, there's going to be some people who aren't going to be the the hamburger people up on deck eleven. They're Going to want something a little more elevated But there are people who yeah if this Doesn't fit you there's Palo and then of course There's three other restaurants
0: that are amazing And there's chicken tenders at room Service I'm correct just and tacos If you know S- S- you know tacos. So that was number one on our list <laughs> <laughs> Number one we Had to get the big delicious elephant out Of the room out uh, uh Whatever number two For me are What I like to call flex Spaces and that's just a Lewism. It's not necessarily referred to that. But I am lumping in a number of different locations. If you've been on Disney Cruise Line before, one noticeable different difference is there is no district area. And the district on the other ships, usually on deck three or four, would be in the rear of the ship and would be spaces that could be used throughout the day for families, But at night are adults only areas and children are not necessarily, they're not necessarily allowed in the venues and for the most part don't need to go to that section of the ship in order to get anywhere. Those spaces don't exist here. And this is for some um, a point of contention. They liked having that sort of dedicated space. Others like to have these flex spaces throughout and I really sort of broke these flex spaces down into five different locations and that is the bayou which is on uh, deck three midship themed obviously after Princess and the Frog. I love this space. Um, I love the lights and the colors and the environment and that canopy of magnolia blossoms and the moss and the lily pads. I think it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous location. For me, and if you've again, if you've cruised before, I think the Bayou represents what is another location that's not on board the ship, which is the Promenade Lounge, which for me on places like the Magic and the Wonder is probably my favorite location on board those ships. That does not exist here, but it does in terms of the Bayou space. It is sometimes used during the day for family crafts. It's used for live music. Uh, here's another tip. They do have live music throughout the evenings. Oftentimes, thankfully, uh, a wonderful jazz trio. There's also live music at places like Nightingale's right around the corner. So it's one of the reasons why I like to do early seating, because when you do, you go to dinner, you can go to the show, and then you still have a lot more time for some of this evening entertainment luna is like d lounge it is this flexible family space if the if the grand hall is the castle luna is sort of like the town square it's different because it's two stories and it was actually inspired by london's globe theater it was named after the pixar short from 2012 this is where you'll find things like comedians bingo uh, other types of family game game spaces Kagan Compass is a nautical-themed bar, which, again, during the day could be used for trivia. Triton's is on the other side. It is a small venue, low about 50 people, with an itty-bitty, teeny, tiny little, little stage. Um, and then I also am, am lumping into Flex Spaces, the Hero Zone. And the Hero Zone was, if you've been on the other ships, those outdoor sport recreation areas have now been brought inside so instead of taking place on what can be a very hot or rain-filled outdoor open deck they're now brought inside so if you want to do ping pong basketball you can now do it inside it's also where uh jack's diaper dash chip at golf is held and the increda games if you've seen the that giant inflatable sort of (laughs) um backyard obstacle course there's a huge version of it inside the Hero Zone. Jeff, Vanessa, Becky, tell me what your thoughts were in terms of which spaces did you visit? Which or more importantly, which was your favorite of these? You know, again, I'm calling them flex spaces.
2: So you didn't consider the the other lounge uh, flex space because they didn't do anything in there. Is that why So
0: I I put the hyperspace lounge next and separate because Uh, I think it sort of deserves its own.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. So our favorite was also the Bayou because we love live music and a big shout out to Michael Tony I think is his name. He was he did all sorts of things. He played in Nightingales. He played there at the um, at the lounge and we loved his set. And he was also one of the pirate rockers playing the guitar on the the party at night so love that space that was probably jody and i's favorite space to go in um my second favorite space was probably the keg and compass i i'm trying to figure out how to recreate that here in my house because i just loved it it's got brass and leather super comfortable leather chairs uh great drinks i got the the disney beer mug because i saw vanessa's post and so i had to get one of those um so uh, but it was it was just a fun space it never felt crowded Um, I just love the way it looked. And it was also right across from some of the other things. So you could get a beer at um, Cake and Compass and walk right over to Luna and do some trivia. I thought the Luna space was very, very cool. I liked the two stories. Like sometimes you don't want to be on the floor where the comedian can point at you out and make fun (laughs) of your beard. You want to be up high where you can play some trivia and nobody will notice you. And so I thought it was, it's kind of got the best of both worlds where you can get down there, feel like you're part of the action or you could be up top and kind of watch and participate as much as you want to. So I thought that was really cool. I liked how those Triton's lounge was also on that same level where you could just walk over and, you know, take a drink over there and, and do that. So um, I thought they were, I, I loved the, the spaces. I understand like if that ship was booked, I mean, cause I know on trivia night when they had the big, I mean the bingo night when they had the big, like the main, uh, money win thing there, um, that was packed. I mean, it was standing room only is what I heard. And so
0: we did not that get there, might there be hour an hour and a half early. None of us got yeah. there an hour and a half. That would be crazy talk.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I thought they were great flex spaces. We didn't do any of the crafts. We mostly did live music and ate. So it was perfect for us. That's
0: why Jeff and I are friends.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the the three, I mean, Hero Zone, I think that they did a great job of thinking outside the box for that space because it is so flexible. And it is kind of cool to have that, um, the course there. And it looked fun. And all ages can go in and enjoy that. And they have, you know, it, it's it's not right above um remy either which is kind of nice <laughs> but I, I like the way that they have designed the space to be uh so flexible for all kinds of opportunities in there and and always from an events point of view i'm always looking at those types of spaces to see what can be done um it's too bad that they don't have tables that could just come up out of the floor though that would be like the <laughs> perfect scenario um luna i do really enjoy luna i i like i'm with you jeff i I do not like being that person called out. So when, when there's a comedian, I probably am not going to be in there unless the, the second floor right now is a great space to be uh, Bayou is probably my favorite out of them. However, I, I'm going to throw in the learning thing here. I, I think it's a little small. I think I wish that it was larger. Um, as, as well as a lot of these spaces, because they, they have gone, and let's just call the elephant, the elephant, they have, um, gone from a a few very large spaces to a ton of really teeny tiny spaces as some of them like Luna can hold up to 300 between the the two levels but most of those venues hold somewhere between 50 and 60 Um, which yeah can be difficult when the the ship is even half full and you want to go to Trivia 10 minutes beforehand, that's probably going to be um, not a good choice. So one of my tips comes up with these spaces is make sure you're there early. Go go to Bingo uh, 45 minutes early or even an hour. Go to Trivia, um, especially if it's in, in Keg and Compass, which is a awesome venue. It, that's probably the one that they did make larger than the other ships. Um, but you want to get there early have a beverage, sit there and wait for trivia to start rather than try to walk in at the last minute, because you probably won't get a seat. Um, the, the Bayou I think is a great idea. It's stunning. I love the ceiling um, with, with all the greenery and the ceiling, the way it's set up with a gazebo type feel around it. I love it when they have the the jazz trio for me personally, I think when they get into the, the louder music later on in the evening, it can be a little overwhelming for that space. Um, but I think that they're on the right track with, with bringing in the IP in such a subtle way that you recognize what it it's the story it's telling without being characters in your face. Um, I just wish it was a little larger.
0: I, I echo all those sentiments, especially in terms of of the Bayou. And I think you're right, Becky. I think as they are learning not just about guest flow and guest preference, but um, what what works better? Michael, uh, uh, Jeff, you mentioned Michael by name. I didn't know his last name. The man is a remarkable oh, talent. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not just saying like I was everywhere he was, I was loving what he was doing. And we'll talk about the final night performance in Nightingale, but that's what that venue is for. It is for a place to sort of chill, During the day before dinner, late night after dinner with a beverage, a beignet if you like. They have beignets on the menu. The Bayou for me was certainly my favorite. And I, I think you're right, Becky, too. It's important to note that a lot of these spaces by design are smaller. They are more intimate. And I understand the logic behind that. I think time will continue to tell how those spaces are utilized and how they may sort of tweak and test and adjust based on guest flow and guest preference. Because there were some times that the venues were full and and sort of over full. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And
0: it's important to note the ship was not full. The ship can can hold a complement of 4,000 guests. We're approximating – Probably about twenty four, twenty five hundred 2,500 on our last sailing. So there's many more guests that can come, and it'll be interesting to see how they sort of modify those flex spaces. Look, including, and I think we should mention too, the Grand Hall is a flex space. You'll see mm-hmm. that instead of having the elevator bank when you first walk in, there is a grand stage. So there's a sort of proscenium stage with a smaller sort of balcony up on top. We have saw that stage starting to get utilized more especially on, I think, the third night of our cruise when Disney Vitrophonics, which when I saw it on the schedule, I had no idea what it was, was possibly my favorite live performance, and we'll talk about it later, but I love the fact that they are able to utilize that space for family games. There were some some games they were doing with younger kids trying to identify characters. They were doing musical performances, there's a comedy that um, sort of uh, medieval comedy duo that comes out, there's character appearances there as well, so time will continue to tell just how they use those spaces I think for me, number three, one of the most anticipated spaces was, oh, Vanessa sorry, I didn't sorry. see you waving
1: <laughs> well before you went on to other things, I didn't say anything about the found oh, sorry. Sorry. spaces i i also love the bayou um had coffee there one morning with beignets um but i wish they didn't let people walk through because it kind of loses that intimate feel like you had at the promenade lounges on the other ships but after doing your scavenger hunt i really love the keg and compass mm-hmm. um i don't think andrew did because i we spent at least 45 minutes in there just <laughs> looking at every detail i mean there's these beautiful carvings, wood carvings around the portholes, and they have little elements uh, from the parks in there that you need to find. Um, there's a map of the seas up on the ceiling, and it's different IPs are located up there based on where they are in the world. Um, there's just something to look at everywhere and I really, I could go back and still spend another 45 minutes to an hour and find things I didn't find before. I mean, there's just little hidden gems everywhere. There's like map drawers and suitcases. And it's just a really fun place to explore. I mean, I personally went in there when nobody was there. I think they had just finished a drawing session, so it was clear. And that's one to go and enjoy and really look at things when nobody is in those venues. Um,
0: but go ahead, Lou. I'm sorry. And there's TVs in there, too. So if you want to go in and catch um, a sporting event, that would be the place to go. That's mm-hmm. it, it sort of can convert a little bit to a bit of a, a sports bar. And forgive me, I didn't mean to. I was so excited to get to the Hyperspace Lounge, I completely <laughs> lost my marbles. I'm also okay. hungry. Um, <laughs> you know, if the kids get such cool spaces, we'll get to the O'Shea's Club. Why shouldn't the adults? And I think that was the thinking in terms of the Hyperspace Lounge. And a lot of these spaces. I think there's a lot of sort of carryover from... Adults wanting to do things that kids were doing and kids wanted to have space like the adults had as well. And the hyperspace lounge is think Oga's Cantina, but with a very different vibe. It is this if you remember Drayden Voss's ship in Solo, it has this very polished metal leather gold furnishings, a much more upscale type of a lounge than Oga's. Again, families can access the lounge during the day, but after 9 o'clock at night, it is adult only. It is reservation only, something that Becky, that we saw them make that on-the-fly shift on the maiden voyage. Now you can actually book uh, the Hyperspace Lounge when you get into the terminal. So when you actually get to the terminal the day of your sailing, you can book the Hyperspace Lounge. Like Oga's, it has that 45-minute quote-unquote limit that they ask you to limit your time to. Um, like other places, I'm not sure if this is a 101% finished quote unquote uh, in terms of story elements. I think there's still a little bit more Becky, you ordered the Kyber crystal drink. And I think yeah. the experience that you had, which you so eloquently laid out on the WW radio blog with photos and videos. I think that is something that is going to, continue to be enhanced and and plussed up a little bit Uh, great which means i have to buy another one wonderful (laughs) (laughs) Um, so becky vanessa and jeff talk to me quickly about your thoughts and experiences in hyperspace lounge
4: well you know it it is very much accustomed to the um the skyline lounge when you walk in and you actually seeing that the changing of the the um the locations that you're in. So that's the thing that grabs you the most when you first walk in is that big portal and the planet that's in front of you or the the spacecraft that's in front of you. And, you know, quite frankly, the details around it are very minimal, but that's what it kind of was on the ship that it's modeled after. So your entire attention goes to that portal. And when you change and you go into hyperspace, you feel it, you hear it. <laughs> when you're sitting there, you can feel the um, the rumbling of the engines as it starts up. So I really did enjoy that. And I loved the, the menu was very diverse and very interesting. I did find myself um, falling in love with the Birkins flow, which was coconut chata and Godiva chocolate. How can you go wrong with that, right? And of course, they have things with boba balls, and how can you go wrong with boba balls too? But uh, you know, obviously, having something so um, so iconic as this very quiet Kyber crystal, when we first got on for the christening, remember we. Found it in the menu, and it said nothing. It just said Kyber Crystal and the the cost, which was five grand, and no explanation and no details, which made you, you know, talk about it and think about it and wonder about it. Which is exactly you know what the PR people want you to do when they have something out there like I that. I think
0: your reaction was, I want it. I, I want it. it. <laughs> I'm going to have it, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, Only- but it's pretty accurate. Only after we
4: found out that it included four, not one internet, because the internet was totally wrong about many um, aspects of this this experience, because it wasn't just a drink, it was an experience, and you get four passes to, um, to Skywalker Ranch, which that's really what you're buying. But that's what's kind of cool about a space like this, is that it, you're, it's telling a story, you're walking in, it's not open to the rest of the ship, so... It takes you out of the ship element and it takes you in and puts you into a whole nother atmosphere. And you could buy into the story all you want. And and the um the the servers are running around making um uh smoke balls in front of you and doing really cool things that uh that take your attention and and to know that there's you know these other elements that you can uh that you can partake into. It to expand the experience. It was just a huge plus. So again, another one of those spaces that yeah, I wish it was bigger again. Um, even not, you know, maybe not twice as big, but even just a little bit bigger to accommodate more, more folks in there would be nice. Uh, but it was truly enjoyable. I had a lot of fun there. My credit card had a lot of fun there. <laughs> and uh, <clears> this <throat> place, it's something I will go back to every time we're on the ship.
2: Oh, it's me. Okay. Sorry. I was being patient. So, yeah. So I, so I, luckily I did the research inside of the, if you guys never done a cruise with uh, Lou and Becky before, there's a private Facebook group that you go in and they give tips and how to do stuff. And one of the things was to, uh, you know, if you can at the terminal, make that reservation. And so I did. Mm -hmm. So I got on the first night, was able to get in there. Uh, And so I loved it. You know, a lot of people compare it to the, the cantina in, you know, Galaxy's Edge and and oh it's not the, and it, they're apples and oranges. They're two different things. Um, I actually enjoyed this more than when I was in the cantina in Galaxy's Edge because I just felt it was crowded and I had to stand up at one of those little side table bars. And it just wasn't the same experience on this one. I was able to go in, sit at the bar, interact with the barkeeper, uh, order two drinks. And miraculously, some radio host bought my drinks at the end of the night, if I would have known that. I wouldn't have done the $5,000 two. one. Absolutely. Maybe $250 one. So uh, Jody and I had a blast. We stayed in there. The drinks were really good. I do agree that there could be some things that could enhance it a little bit. But overall, that window is the star of the show that you're looking out there and seeing things and having it change and feeling like you are going into hyperspace and then looking around and. But it was just really, they were really, um, I didn't feel rushed to get out like I did at the cantina. I was felt like I was like, you could stay, you know, it felt like as long as you want. Nobody ever came up to me. And then the cool thing is like when you leave, you get to press that button and the Star Wars doors open. It's like, shh, you, know, it's just, you know, that's if you're a nerd, you know what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> I enjoyed the space and going from what Jeff said, walking in and having the door swoosh open was like, wow, this is really cool. You felt like you were stepping in to a a spaceship or something um and then watching the hyperspace when you'd move and it rumble um i was also there when my friends bought the k-bar crystal the first one and it was quite the experience especially because they didn't know if they had all the ingredients at first (laughs) and the bartender he was on the magic with us um he was like well hang on I gotta go see if we have everything and yeah I don't think
4: they were ready for that
1: (laughs) especially to sell how many during the
4: yeah
1: (laughs) on the maiden yeah but um not being a I mean I know Star Wars again not a huge huge follower but I felt like I was in a a cruiser or something and I really enjoyed it um it is very different than what I thought it was going to be so
2: One thing I want to add, Lou, is that like some people weren't able, their app was giving them trouble and they couldn't make reservations. They did have an open house uh, during like the early morning hours where you could go in and it'd be open, but you couldn't order drinks, but you could go in and see the space. So some people at my table did that instead. They didn't do the, they didn't want to go in and do the experience. They just didn't think it was worth it for them. So they, but they wanted to see it. So they were able to go in and look around and uh, you're not locked out if you don't make a reservation.
0: And a couple of people did tell me that they did go sort of especially later on in the evening and tried to walk up and were either allowed to go in if people didn't show up or if there was space or were put on a wait list um, if some space did open up. So if you aren't able to necessarily book it before you get on board, keep going either to the walk up stand or even going to guest relations and see if one does open up. I know none of us the next on my list is the kids spaces and I know going to try not to cry, Lou. Keep it together. <laughs> None of us have kids young enough anymore to enjoy the Oceaneer Club um, or even, in my case, Edge or Vibe and, and the Hideaway and, you know, my daughter's in the eighteen twenty society. But I do want to quickly mention, because it, it absolutely bears mentioning, we talk about places and spaces on board this ship. Here's your tip. Go to the open house and experience all of the spaces on board, which are now consolidated on deck two. There are multiple themed areas that now make up the Oceaneer Club. There's no more distinction between the club and the lab. It is now one space with an Imagineering Lab, Fairy Tale Hall, Mickey and Minnie's Captain's Deck, the Small World Nursery, the Star Wars Cargo Bay, and the uh, Marvel um, section as well. They are. Remarkable. Becky, you know when we walked in and we were live on the christening cruise, I mean, our mouths were open. We were almost running through like kids. The imaginary and all these places are not just places for kids to play, they are more importantly places for kids to create and to learn. The Imagineering Lab is incredible. There's also some great attraction nods. There's figment and mystic matter and and all these other kind of uh, little maquettes and and references. There is a design your own coaster sort of sit down immersive experience Star Wars um, has elements of rooms in the galactic star cruiser and the marketplace in Galaxy's Edge I actually think that the theming of the Star Wars room in the Oceaneer Club is cooler than the theming in the hyperspace. Okay, I didn't want to say that. Right? Yeah. Sort of that. No, it's cool. Like, it's that grungy sort of Millennium Falcon kind of feel, and you never know who might show up while you're there. Becky and I saw this space, and we normally do something on our cruises that we're like, this is what we want this The captain's deck is this great playground area for younger guests. It's nautically themed. The fairy tale hall has elements of Tangled and Beauty and the Beast and Frozen in there. But the fact that these spaces are so flexible allows different ages to to use them appropriately for their age. Mm -hmm. The artwork inside Mm -hmm. is beautiful. The slide going from deck three down to deck two, go do it when there's an open house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Short, fat little body can make it through. So can yours. But I think what this does for a parent, and when we sort of talk about tying this all up later on and talk about who I think this cruise is really optimal for, if you are a family with kids in the age that goes into the Oceaneer Club, which I believe is up to 12 right, it's up to 12, and then 14 is in Edge and then Vibe. It is You are going to have a, t- look, I had a tough time getting my kids out of the Oceania Club on other <laughs> ships. Your kids are never going to want to leave. You're not going to want to leave because the space is so incredibly well-designed. And I'll, I'll reference back to my live video where we do a full tour of it, and, and Theron in the last show talked about the Imagineering behind the Imagineering of, these spaces, but, uh, just very quickly, Vanessa, Becky and Jeff, uh, your thoughts on the ocean, club space. If you had a chance to go into an open house.
1: Oh my gosh. I loved it. I did the same. Thing. I went down the slide. I mean, I had to do that after you did it. So, <laughs> um, each, I, I really love like the fairy tale area. Cause it, it would appeal to some of the girls and boys. Um, there was lots to do in there. It's where they had some crafts. Um, I think I really, not being a Star Wars person, I really love the Star Wars area and the Imagineering. Um, one tip though, they're off, they're open on the first day when you're there, you can go to an open house and also on Castaway Key Day, it's open all day because all the kids and staff are basically off on the island. so they leave that open a lot longer. So you might not find the open houses on other days, but definitely on Castaway Key Day, they told me that's when it's open. Um, But do go and spend time and just, again, looking at all the details, you know, in the fairy tale hall, if you look at the ceiling, there's little nods to what's in the rooms next to it and go read the books in Bell's library. Um, We can only read the spines, but, you know, it's very detail oriented throughout the whole um, area.
4: And it's huge. (laughs) That whole space takes up at least half the deck uh, Mm -hmm. that it's on, which is so much larger than any of the ships uh, had given to its kids club spaces and one of the genius things once again about its design element is that it's designed to shut those those spaces off so when you have kids inside any of those areas obviously you don't want them to be able to easily get out or you don't want others to be able to come in if your kids are in there so they have done a wonderful thing about being able to have exits and entrances that can be locked off mm-hmm. so you can can have an an adult um, activity going on in one of them or an open house or a tour or another like Star Wars-y thing, which we saw them do uh, while the kids' clubs are still functioning. So I think that they went back and looked at that and thought, hmm, these spaces are so unique that while they're great for the kids' clubs, they could also be utilized for other special things as well. So for them to think that through and to give access to those different areas, and I am in love with the imagineering space. Mm. Uh, Not only is it, really cool that you can create your own roller coaster and ride it but the space itself has so many unique pieces and art pieces and nods to the things in the park and the things that Imagineering has done um and and a full model of the the ship uh there's a ton of things I think I spent like 20 minutes just looking at the shelves and, and looking at the things that were in there. So th- there's a lot of things that could be put on a scavenger hunt in there for sure. Um, but I I think that they did a great job with those spaces and is one of the, the crown and glories of the ship.
2: Yeah. So I just was able to glance in some things because listen, it's a four day cruise. You have to triage. And there is eggs Benedict, you know, at Marshalline. And I'm just like,
0: Priorities, I could
2: smell it from when I walked in and I'm just like, I got to go. So, I, you know, you have to make choices.
1: Uh, one thing did we mention that it's not on deck five, like on the other ships, it's way down on deck two. So that's, I think, how they right. were able to give it so much more space. They move maybe those staterooms and there's not a restaurant on deck two. You know, they, again, reboxed everything um, on the wish and gave it the space it really deserves for the kids.
2: I do like the slide down into it. It looks yeah. it, it fits with that. We, we talked about flow and everything before. It's just elegant. It's like a portal to another world if you were a kid. I mean, that would be like, it would just be like you're entering into just this magical land. It's just really, really slick.
0: And even the different activities that they had. And I was looking through the itinerary on the Navigator app and, and the variety of activities that take place. You can go in and do creature handling of all these. And Becky and I, we did that one day. The creature handling of porgs and lothcats in the star wars element there is like avengers training in the marvel section there's a taskmaster i won't spoil it there's a taskmaster (laughs) themed event so there's a lot that comes in there there's great easter eggs in there as well too if you're a marvel and star wars and imagineering fan so without a doubt your kids are gonna love it and i think you will too um in no particular order but i think it's very important to mention the the state rooms on the Disney Wish, especially comparative to the other cruise line um, here, there's uh, 1,254 rooms. Seventy percent of them have verandas. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a third of those have connecting doors. Uh, unlike the other ships, there is a far greater number of concierge level staterooms and suites as well. There are 76, which is double what you find on other ships. I think like the rest of the ship and we're using a lot of the same words because these design elements and the aesthetic sort of flows, we're talking about flow, through not just the venue spaces but the staterooms as well. It's elegant. It's subdued a little bit more upscale. Um, The layout even itself, I think is a little bit more refined. Like there's a lot less drawers but there's a lot more shelf space. I like that. Some people don't. Packing cubes are your friend. That's all I'm saying. Um, But even the artwork is a little bit more subdued. And you'll find, you know, Princess and the Frog, Cinderella, um, Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, whatever it might be, integrated into the headboard. And it's like a movie. Like, that's like your big establishing shot. And then there's smaller, more subtle pieces of art, maybe two or three others in the stateroom, a little hidden Mickey in the lamp, and that's it. So it is not overly Disney or overly whimsical. You almost sometimes, if you want to sort of forget that it's a Disney-themed room, you could because of how subtle and understated it is. There's a couple of things that they added that I noticed that I really, really like. Again, Disney Cruise Line was the first to do that separate toilet and shower room. I love that little nightlight. In the toilet compartment, right? You can sort of (laughs) lean on to to find your way in the middle of the night. I love, love, love. It's silly, and the fact that there's a glass door on the shower instead of the fabric shower curtain, yeah. And the glass door (laughs) swings both ways, in and out. USB and USB C on both sides of the bed. Multiple ports on the dresser. You don't have to worry as much about bringing bricks and cords because there are charging ports aplenty throughout there, the refrigerator is different. It is no longer uh, a swinging door refrigerator. It's now a drawer that has dividers, so you can sort of make the space whatever you want. If you want to put bottles or sodas, if you want to put a plate in there, you can remove and move the dividers around and, and Becky I know you'll talk a little bit more about the, the concierge level um and the concierge rooms you stayed in the concierge room on this past cruise one thing I did notice when I walked through with you a much much bigger lounge and oh, yeah. bigger suites you know it's not just that funnel suite but there are two story royal suites a Princess Aurora and a Briar Rose suite up on deck 13 that have two bedrooms two baths a dining room, pantry, wine bar, private deck, and with your own hot tub. So if you want to sort of go and not just to get a bigger sort of a more upscale type of experience, you can certainly do that, but you can also, there's also staterooms if you want to bring a larger family as well. So Becky and then Jeff and then Vanessa, talk about um, your staterooms or your thoughts about the staterooms relatively quickly-ish.
4: Good. Good luck with that. Um, So one of the things you didn't mention that you actually discovered and showed me was the fact that the walls were magnetic. And I mean, seriously, I, you don't think of that type of thing. And all of a sudden all the walls are magnetic and you could just put hooks everywhere, which is great. Um, I stayed in concierge, which was fantastic. I do think that this is one of the, out of all the fleet, this is the ship to sail on. If you want to stay in concierge, the, um, the stateroom itself was absolutely beautiful. And they have four Royal suites now. So they have the two that you mentioned up on deck 13, which are two level Royal suites. And then they also have two more that are down on deck 10, which are one level Royal suite. Um, I will say something. And again, write all you want, because you know, it's going to be kind of unpopular, but um, I, I don't think the tower suite is the, the best play. And even though it's beautiful and it's awesome and the layout is really cool, there's no outdoor space. So you don't have a private deck. And when you do open the windows, they look right at Currents Bar, <laughs> which for me might be an okay thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you're spending that kind of money on a cruise, I think you kind of want to look at the sea um, mm-hmm. and have that outdoor space. So while the Tower Suite is a really cool, awesome um, Place to be for that many people. It sleeps eight, I do believe. Uh it does have some cool features about it. I don't think that's the best of the suites. I think that the best are those two-level uh royal suites. And there's a couple of things now that you get when you do the, the royal suites. First of all, the lounge again is spacious with lots of places to sit and relax. They did take some of the space that you would normally see on. Um, on the outdoor spaces, and it's dedicated to the concierge space. So they now have the lounge, which is indoors, has a, a very large bar. They also have a food area which they've now attached a kitchen to. The other ones do not share a kitchen with their lounge space. So you can actually order hot food in the um, in the lounge, which, which is fantastic. All across the fleet right now, A huge benefit that a lot of us have found is they do give concierge guests early seating into the shows. So basically you're escorted into the theater before doors open. So you can actually select where you want to sit uh, before the the, um, general public walks in, which is a great benefit. Um, On the outdoor space for the lounge, they have a couple of hot Uh, hot tubs. They do have a little small plunge area, lots of, um, of deck chairs and a bar up there, which also has a, um, a a dole whip machine and a smoothie machine up there that you can just have all the dole whip and all the smoothie you want, which is kind of a nice touch. Um, I think that that's one place that they really did improve upon the other experiences is the, the concierge area. So Again, if you're a concierge person, that's where you want to stay. I highly recommend
2: the wish is being the ship that you sail on. So I wasn't on that level, but I had a great room. And so one of the things that you know when you, when people say like it's a castle on the sea, and then it's like it's perfect for princesses and stuff. I I, I think that gives a wrong impression a little bit, especially for dads. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for me, it's not feminine, but it's elegant. And I actually our, we were on that uh, level seven, and it was Cinderella. Um, but it was not over the top. It was just really, really elegant and pretty, uh, the, the room was. A couple things about the room was um, we had the room that had the, you know, the the couch that folds into a bed and also the the bunk bed that comes down from the top. Um, and then there was a space where usually like what the Murphy bed was supposed to be, it was just a big mirror. So the couch ended and there was this big space. So it felt really, really big compared to my room on the Magic. Um, and I thought that and I don't know if it's true or not. It's felt like my um, veranda was a little bit smaller, but it wasn't like, I didn't feel cramped or anything. there's plenty of rooms for two table tables. Jody and I had coffee out there every morning. It was perfect. It was fine. There's nothing. It just, it just seemed a little smaller, but the room felt a lot longer uh, from our bed going. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that we, we talked about the artwork and we were like on the Cinderella level, the artwork in the halls mm-hmm. through the ship was just gorgeous. And we would stop and look like when we would one because we were out of breath and because we ate all of the food at the buffet. But and they and some of them were digital that you and you could not tell. You'd have to go up there and look really, really carefully and go, okay, because this wasn't here before. I wasn't I I didn't hit my head on the way down or something. It was that did change. So I just love looking at all the artwork throughout the ship. But just say that. But it it's I just don't want the dads to think like, oh I'm gonna be on this big four day long, you know, royal table you know princess thing it's not that at all it's just very very elegant and nice
4: the barbershop kind of helps set that yes. apart too That <laughs> is really cool
2: yeah looks barbary yeah
1: well i was able to enjoy two different types of state rooms um when i went on the maiden voyage i went with just my two daughters and we were on deck seven and we were in a stateroom that slept uh three people so we didn't even have the pull down um overhead uh bunk but um Besides what everybody else said, the one thing that I found amazing, and I didn't even learn this until the cruise with uh, everybody on August 1st, was the overhead lights are dimmable. It was like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: oh my God. <laughs> I was in there, <laughs> and I'm planning on taking videos, but if you hold the switch either next to the door over by both sides of the bed, you can get the overhead lights to dim um, or go back up. Cause some people are like, yeah, my room was really dark. And it's like, well, now you can turn them full blast or, you know, even the little um, spotlight over the portrait, over the bed, you could dim that down or brighten it up. There's also the addition of the two lamps on the side. There were reading lights um, that you could angle by the bed. And those were also all four. Of those are dimmable. Um, and I loved the crown molding. I went back and looked at old pictures from other cruises and, I don't know. Once again, it just brought it up to a whole new level. Even on, you know, non concierge we had all the beauty and everything. Um, I also stepping out into the hallway real quick. I love the light fixtures and the colors. Um, you're in a green hallway or a blue, and it just added a bright and airy. But if you looked up at the ceiling, they had these like cutout things in the um, the little chandeliers, and they actually projected a whole new image into the square that it sat in. And you just had to really stop and like look at each floor was something different and unique. Um, But also um, on the August 1st cruise, I was in an accessible stateroom on deck eight aft. Um, It slept four, I think four people. Um, What I like that they've changed, they have now permanent ramps to get out onto the veranda. We were fortunate to have one of the larger verandas and they carried on the element from um, the dream and the fantasy where you don't have a white wall railing um, to look out into the sea it's all slatted and I, th- I think it had the plexiglass on it too like the other uh, veranda rooms but it's nice for somebody in a wheelchair that they they can actually see out because with Andrew sometimes he could get he gets to the rail or I have to back him way up and he, you know it it's nice that they can look out um, and the other thing in the accessible staterooms I really liked was the bathroom they redesigned the layout a little bit so like this may sound really weird but the toilet's not right next to the shower because it's a roll-in shower and some things get a lot very wet when you take a shower even with a shower curtain and then they added a lot more storage it's like okay there's not just a handicapped person you might have your whole family and we always ran into the problem with five people like there's nowhere to store anything in the bathroom. Well, now there were like six shelves. There was one on the bottom and hooks everywhere. So um, I really enjoyed that. Um, and again, the, the walls are magnetic, but they're also magnetic in the other ships, too, which is really I fun. Didn't and- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, see, so you have to have one of these to put <laughs> into your little light, your reader, and it has a magnet on the back so that when you turn on your room. Oh, and that was the other tip I wanted to tell people to don't take your key card out that you have to put in. Right. Um, please. Some people are like, oh, I took the key card out when I went to bed. I'm like, why? Your air conditioner turns practically off. You can't run your lights. Your power might not, you know, so always leave this in when you're in the room, a little key card in the slot or your lights won't come on and neither will the air. Yeah, that's really
4: helpful. The (laughs) the one thing I I wanted to add to is, all right, I was so I have to say it because now I'm going to get the, oh, you're always in couch. No, I was actually in a standard stateroom because Lou's giving me that look, um, which I loved. I, I love the layout of them. But more than anything, I love the, the design and the artistry of the different rooms and Different floors and different areas have different themes, which was really cool because you have the the Cinderella theme or you have the Princess and the Frog theme. And I haven't figured out, and I know some people have, but I'm not sure yet what the rhyme or reason is yet for where the different themes are on board the ship. But it was really cool to to look and see that the the fish extender thing that we use to extend mm-hmm. or to put the mailboxes on are are different. Um, you have like the coach for Cinderella on one of them. And uh, I, I just love that unique design and everything was so light and airy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really did like that. It, it had that um, spacious light uh, inviting the elegant tones about almost every stateroom that I saw. And I, I think that they did a great job on the design.
1: Mm -hmm. and one thing we had a connecting room so we were cinderella on deck seven and our connecting room was frozen so it makes it nice if you do have a connecting room you get a little different vibe in each one that's neat yeah
0: so we've been inside this entire time that we've been talking other than a little foray out onto deck 11 let's go outside and talk about something that is very different on the wish from the other ships and something that i found Both day and night, I really, really enjoyed, and it is the tiered decks on Mm -hmm. deck 11 slash 12. Because here, there are, like the spaces inside, instead of one very large pool or two large-ish pools, a a regular pool and a a pool for young kids, there's a lot of smaller, almost sort of purpose-built pools on the decks. There's ones to swim and frolic in and there's ones that i love where you can sort of sit in like six inches of water like on a bench with a waterfall behind you and watch funnel vision i did it for research purposes and by the way funnel vision is remarkably clear it's like watching an 8k tv it is incredible but there are smaller pools and more of them on the wish than you'll find on any of the other ships and they're spread out so on deck 11 and 12 There's six, I I believe there's a total of six pools of different depths of different sizes. And I think different purposes scattered all around. So what it does is I think a few different things. One, you no longer have this single large pool, which sometimes can get crowded, sometimes can get full. Let's be honest. Sometimes there's kids in there. Sometimes kids, you know, (laughs) have a Caddyshack moment and they've got to shut down and, you know, close the pool for a couple of hours (laughs) you don't have to worry about that anymore um it also allows you to have again some of these smaller again on 11 and 12 both in the funnel vision area and then even on the port and starboard sides of the ship there's a bunch of smaller quieter more relaxing some shaded areas bigger more comfortable seats um I think it makes all of those areas much nicer. Um, it felt even though they're bigger, it felt less crowded for me. It made enjoying funnel vision or sitting down and trying to find a, a, a chair easier for me. If we're talking about the outside areas, one thing I know has been a a, a, a point of contention for a lot of people is there's no there's there's a running track but the running track no longer goes completely around deck four as it has on the other ships. Now, I think just to make it more challenging for you, if you want to go all the way around, you have to take these steep stairs on the other side of the deck to get up and around and then come back or just sort of go in a U shape. I'm not a runner, but I certainly understand um, the issue with the lack of the running track. But Uh, Vanessa and Becky and Jeff, what were your thoughts about the decks, deck 11, deck 12, the tiered decks, and and the utilization of the pools both during the day and at night?
1: I love the tiered aspect. I thought it was very unique. And we don't normally go on a cruise to go in the pools, but I could see like, you know, sitting in the six inch one, because that's what I like. But I think one of the... um, things I really liked you're thinking all these different tiers, but I also go in with the accessibility aspect when I sail or do any trip As Becky knows (laughs) they had, uh, I call them double rail wheelchair lifts um, that flip a part will flip down and it'll take you up to these different tiers. And then you have to make an appointment to use them. And you could actually make the next step appointment and have the seat lift that will swing you into the pool Um, I think it's only not available in two of the pools um, on the whole ship. But to me, it's really nice because you see all these stairs and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to take anybody in a wheelchair anywhere on this ship. But they did take that into consideration. Also, um, I always loved walking on deck four on the other ships. Um, We play shuffleboard and different things, which they did have on the Wish. But um, one thing we discovered on the maiden voyage was on... Deck five starboard side, there is a double rail rail chairlift. They'll go from five up to six. So you can go up to the bow of the ship and go to the furthest most point. You can go, you overlook the rainforest. Um, there's a large area up there. Also, I don't know if that's for parties or what, but it was nice. We, you had to make an appointment through guest services, but Andrew was able or anybody able to get up there and enjoy that, that space, um, so I think the pool area makes sense how they they broke it up. Um, yeah,
4: <laughs> I I agree with that. I love the tiered location because it's it's functional. It's much more functional than uh, the the previous designs, especially when you're uh, attending something that's going on on stage uh, because you can actually have different levels, different viewing standpoints. Everybody's going to have a great view of what's going on down there because there are one, two, three, four, five different levels that you can stand and watch what's going on. I like the smaller pools as well. Uh, they're not actually smaller. I shouldn't say that because they're, a couple of them are about the same size. But uh, having those two round pools at the top, it just has that variety where if there's a bunch of people in one, you can go to something that's more quiet or if you want to meet people, it's just got a lot of, a lot of choice and variety. And if you're talking about the outside decks, I mean we've got a lot to talk about there. I'm not sure if you want to move on with it, except for the pool area, but uh, I'll dip my toe into it. the the front the bow area. Which is something you can go explore and find your way to and have your I'm the king of the world moment if you want to, which I'm sure that the uh, because the the bridge can actually see what's going on down there. They're probably (laughs) counting the number of people who stand up there and scream, I'm the king of the world. Uh, But I I do like that unique perspective and that that spot out there as well.
2: So. When you were frolicking the pool, wasn't that when security was called Lou? I'm pretty sure that's what happened, but, uh, so I'm not a a big pool person because I just, I get out in sun and I burst into flames, but the thing that I saw, like if my kids were there, I like the variety of the pools. I mean, my adult kids would have a blast. There's like a hidden, even like almost like an adult, like hot tub that we saw our friend. I saw my friend Paul there. Uh, He had just kind of snuck in and it was just him and his family. So he was able to have that kind of, you know, intimate space by himself there so i thought the the i guess we'll talk about the layout of the ship a little bit later because there were some interesting things with those tiers that i don't know how many times i went to the 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 key that was right there by the elevators like okay where am i and i'm like okay how do i get to there that's on the 13th how what elevator you it's know like that an kind of thing room trying to get it, in. it was it was well and and then the thing is is like the elevators certain elevators went to 1 through 11 and then some went to 1 through 12 and then the others went to the you know I was it 13 mm-hmm. 13 but you could press the elevator and it you it was just like rolling the dice like which one and then if you hit it too uh, soon people would yell at you because you would hey we're still here you know kind of a thing and so there was like there's no way to call that certain elevator which yeah. for I thought would be really frustrating if you were in a wheelchair trying to just take an elevator up there. Like, there's no, like, give me a card where I can slap it on there because they have those. I saw those in the elevators mm-hmm. that would give you access. It's just really weird. I mean, even trying to get up to the Cove Cafe, we would have some coffee uh, drinks up there and, and the bar. It was like, OK, you know, even when we met <laughs> for our, our farewell party, it's like, OK, where am I? what elev- mm-hmm. i'm just taking the stairs
4: yeah and the, <laughs> the elevator that opens up you go oh when you see it's the one to 11 yeah <laughs> okay so then you got to get out on the one on the 11 because you're not going to wait for another elevator so you take the one to 11 right. and then you get out and you have to hit up again to go another and or hope two yeah. Three. yeah 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 it has those
1: elevators yeah
0: yes yeah. <laughs> and it, look and, you know the again you know and i keep re- referencing you know talking to theron last week You understand the logic on paper of of why they got rid of the midship elevators, added more banks to the forward and the aft. It definitely takes some getting used to and Mm -hmm. a little bit of almost, like you said, Jeff, pre-planning in order to figure out, um, because you're right, sometimes you have to take more stairs than you care to, especially – after having all the chicken tenders, but I digress. Um, yeah, having the lack of the midship elevators and and the layout of the other elevators is definitely something. If you come from another ship, that is is something you need to get used to.
2: I I don't mind that the elevators and uh, moving the midship one. It's just like to call that elevator. There's got to be its own button over there so you could go because there's just otherwise you're it's a crapshoot and that's what was frustrating. So
4: like the gambling that you're missing on disney cruise line you get to just walk up and and there's your there's Please your bets, bets. Please <laughs>
2: are the odds
1: ever in your favor That's right. but while we're talking about elevators um weren't they beautiful
2: <laughs> yes i took pictures the okay yes oh but God. no
4: yeah they're beautiful <laughs> but not functional. Again, the sure. keys, Yes. Oh, yeah. if you're, cause they're so narrow, if somebody is trying to pass by you and you back up mm-hmm. and you end up pushing against the keys, all of the, um, all the floors light up. And that was after they actually put little, um, uh, covers on them because on the very first on the christening you just basically waved your hand over them and yeah. and they would turn on <laughs> so you know clearly if you walk in and go Yee! and you move your hand up or down you have every single floor um <laughs> yeah, the lit buttons up are very
0: sensitive um, yes they're,
2: they're so I mean, sometimes but then sometimes it would be like i would like do i need to lick it
0: what do i need to do because it's not <laughs> Jeff, working how many times did they tell you please stop, licking, stop it. licking it stop
2: buttons. licking buttons <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ew, that was you Ew. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but also to no help the, the elevators are color-coded too i don't know if anybody paid attention to that like the forward ones are were all green uh for the foresty and the creatures inside on the wallpaper were a, a green tone and the back was blue uh, for enchantment and it had more of the cinderella characters so if you got it and didn't know where you were forward or aft eventually you might go oh wait i'm green i'm forward i'm you know or whatever and uh try to learn your way around
0: the ship but i did know it was that. all color-coded I, I it even at the, the end street. of my third cruise
2: <laughs> i did miss the glass elevators like in the magic where you oh, can yeah. go up yeah. and, and you can see yeah. out i mean you did feel a little claustrophobic in there if there's a yes. lot of people in there um they I want to know yeah.
4: I want to know what tiny people and they said you can fit 26 of them in there. there's no way our uh Becky and Lou size people there's not gonna be 20 uh, of us in there
0: And you have to jump. off deck eleven or eight no way 20 people are getting into that elevator. yep no way <laughs> uh, all right, let's go from outside. let's go back inside uh, oh, number wait no oh sorry can we talk uh, about one other
4: thing outside since we were outside? Sure. how about the adult space on the very back end of the ship?
0: I'm actually getting to the adult-only experiences, okay. so so I'll be over here with my drink. You know what? Go Why ahead. Why don't we? We'll <laughs> do that right now. We'll just transition right over to the adult-only experiences, and and the way I sort of broke these down, and we talked about the, um, we talked about the, um, and not that the concierge level is an adult-only experience, but it is. It is a great place to sort of get away. It, oftentimes, Becky, you said it's very quiet. It's mm-hmm. a place to sort of get away and work or relax, get a drink, get something to eat as well. Senses Spa mm-hmm. is, <laughs> as you can hear, Becky just yeah. sighed. It it's is beautiful. adults only. Um, it is bigger, from those who visited, said it is much better the rainforest room is there there's a new cold room and this is the first time disney has added an outdoor space to senses spa i am not a spa guy i have toured through it we walked through it on the live show um, people that i know did it raved about it especially the outdoor space and the other space that I, you know we didn't sort of mention it in when we talked about some of the the flex spaces And I sort of consider Nightingale's, while it is a a quote-unquote family space during the day, it really doesn't open until 5.30. It's just off the Grand Hall. And it is this very intimate, a.k.a. small, piano bar and lounge, which up until the end of the night, on the last night, on the third time I was on the ship, (laughs) did I have the chance to fully experience it? And what became... One of my favorite experiences on board the Wish, period. So, uh, ladies, I will let you talk about the spa. I'm going to, Jeff, I'm going out on a limb saying you probably didn't frequent the spa a lot.
2: No, the, the only kind of, it's like the, like, it's like a prison movie where they just spray me with a big hose or like guardians of the, <laughs> the galaxy where they spray. That's about my spot.
0: <laughs> uh, talk about the spot. If you had a chance to go visit and then let's quickly touch on the sort of adult experience in nightingales at night.
1: Um, I took advantage of just having my daughters with me on the maiden. And we did buy into the rainforest, uh, package. It was a <clears throat> cruise long. So we had the four or five days to experience it. And it was nice. I mean, they had the heated loungers in there that they don't look comfortable, but they really are comfortable. And you could sit there and read a book, but you do have to be mindful of other people in there. Um, the locker rooms were beautiful, but the outdoor space was amazing. I mean, they had these like, plat- these round swing things. You've probably seen pictures of them and you could just hang out there maybe two people Probably is the most comfortable way on those there was another shaded area under a hidden mickey tent ish i don't know what you call it um they had you know round seating seating for one i mean it was beautifully done you could follow the shade if you wanted to or if you wanted to be in the sun you could do that um The cold room was nice. I was expecting it to be a lot colder. Um, I know Becky, Oh, the cold room. (laughs) So, um, but if you went for the sauna first and then into the cold room, it was really cold that way. But there was a steam room, a sauna and the cold room and the loungers. And then they call something like this relaxation pool pond. I I don't know. It's a place where you sit on these swings and you can put your feet in a little bit of water. Um, But I found it nice. We did spend a a little bit each day in there um, as just a relaxing, getting away from people. Um, I enjoyed it.
4: Yeah, the the space is so much larger than it has been on any other ship. So if you are a spa person, this place is for you. Uh, Yeah, they they were experiencing some um, technical (laughs) issues with the cold room from what I understand. However, hopefully they've fixed that by now. Uh, because that is a, a new addition uh, to that space and a lot of people were really into that especially it was like 109 degrees out there <laughs> on that deck so it would be the perfect place to hang out there is a change uh they are no longer including the uh experience with a treatment which used to be the norm for those who have have sailed before uh I'm not sure how long ago that was the change, but for here for certain, you do have to buy a day pass, or you can get that entire um, cruise yeah. long pass as so they well. They didn't have
1: day passes.
4: <clears> they <throat> didn't on on that sh- on that specific one. Uh, no, they I did got- on. Oh. oh, did they? Yeah, on one of the ones that we did. I thought anyway. So. All right, that one's up in the air because um, I was told yes, but I didn't actually buy one, so Someone I am not told sure. told me they
0: were only cruise long. Again, yeah. Okay, check your navigator, subject to change yeah. without notice.
4: Could be the number of people that were on, too, um, and that might be something that that changes as they go. But it is a beautiful space. They did dedicate a lot of of that outdoor space to that relaxation, which I, I think is wonderful. One thing I did find a little odd is that the um, the salon portion where you do your mani pedis and, and getting your hair treatments are on a different deck? Mm-hmm. So, w- which was a little interesting because when and maybe they've changed this by now, but I did go to buy some products and I had to get them in the salon and then go up to the spa to actually pay for them. Which I think they are going to have to figure that out. Um, but along going hand in hand with the spa, of course, is the barber shop, which. Some people loved it. Some people not so much, but it is definitely one of those acquired tastes. Um, but what was so cool about it was the uh, the drink portion where you can sit there and have a smoky cocktail and just hang out in the barbershop while some other guys are, are getting their, their shave. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't like a straight razor shave, but it was a cruise. I can understand why. <laughs>
0: Let's just clear the room. Let's just clear the, the, the vague references here.
2: On the last
0: cruise, Becky's like, "Hey, I've got a surprise for you." Oh, great, what is it? Like, going to meet Spider-Man? She's like, "No, no, no. I set you up for a shave in Hooks Barbery." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, "Research Becky, I'm purposes." Good. I'm not, yep. She's like, "Yeah, you need to go to go research." Research. Mm-hmm. Listen. <laughs> It's a lovely experience. It's wonderful. Right? They massage you and they put the stuff on your face. I'm not an indul. I'm not a self-indulgent. It's very indulgent. I'm not a self-indulgent guy. Which is what indulgent. a spa experience is. Right. Which is why it gives me all the heebie-jeebies because it's not just my thing. It's wonderful. And they he puts all kinds of like stuff in there and your hair and your hands. And it's lovely. It's lovely. If that's your bag, baby, Go do it. Mozelov. It's just not for me. Um, it was cool, and I could see why people dig it. And there is I, I don't even know what he's called. I'm sure there's like an official name for sort of like the bourbon master that is in the front section of the Barbary, which is very well themed by the way, crafting all of these flavored, smoky bourbon whiskey cocktails. That you can come in and just order and sit right there. And, and a number of people did. They were just in there having their drinks, watching me get a shave. Again, <laughs> not my, it's just. Yeah.
4: And but, I have pictures, which I know if they see the light of day, you're going to kill me. So I'm because, thinking maybe we should exchange those pictures for the grease tape someday. Yeah. We can come up
3: with I'm something. i you two bad things. <laughs>
0: Listen, it's cool that they have it. I think it's really neat that yeah. they have something like that for dudes to go in and do. You if you have never seen Jeff before, Jeff has a beard <laughs> that goes it's how long is that? It's got to be what I don't 14 know. inches it's, long. Uh, Jeff has uh, probably did not his make his way No, I'm scared
2: to get in there. But they did have that's some so they had some really good bourbons if you're a bourbon lover, and that's a lot where the a lot of the tastings happen that I noticed Mm -hmm. on the ship. That yeah, especially the reserve bourbon tastings are going to be there at Hooks Barbery. They have a really good bar, and it is a very cool themed space. Just to go look at or walk by, it's just a really really cool space. Right, but I stay away, very far away.
4: (laughs) away. So do
0: I. I'll be at the Chicken Tender Bar.
4: Well, I don't know. Maybe you, you should do it on, on our just on our December fifth thing. We can go do it again, so you can see if there's any changes in I the experience. I will say, a lot of people
0: are like, wow, "Wow, you look so much younger." Like, you did. You so- did. You look great. You were yeah.
4: you were glowing. It was actually pretty cool. I did
0: feel I did feel very pretty when I came out. See now how it how, here it goes. <laughs> see, it's 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 a good thing. Listen, there are certain things for me that I do for research purposes that are one and done: the shave and the pigeon one and done i'm good they're cool brother. shave, a pigeon. Cool. shave yeah. a pigeon two bits a little bit more than two bits <laughs> all right let's move on as we have to i i promise this we was didn't not be four hours. we didn't talk about the the space
4: in the back oh, code. Yeah, nightingales right. and the space in the back so all right so the space in the back um, that they have dedicated for adults only. So the problems on the other two ships on, on the, the fancy and the dream is that they have families that have to walk through those spaces to get from, from, one area to the other and that's always been a problem so they put it all the way aft and it is it's got an infinity pool it's beautiful back there you're going to find the cove cafe and there's also the cove bar um it is very relaxing it's beautiful we sat there one night and just watched the uh the lightning storms remember with a whole group of people which was just amazing sitting back there uh it, it's again a little small. I wish that it was a little bit larger to enjoy mm. the the spaces. But the sides, uh, from about the end of the uh, the the pools at the on the standard pool deck, all the way to the aft, do have deck chairs which are specifically only for guests eighteen and over. So there's a lot of deck space. It's just being back there where everything is happening, where the bar is, and where the the um, the uh, infinity pool. I just wish that was a little bit larger, but I like the idea. I like the concept. I like that being the um, the adultery in the back. Yeah.
1: What, what I like there? the. I was gonna say I like the variety of chairs they offered, also. And the there were some round loungers. There were rocking chairs. I mean, I sat there and drank one of those pop fizz things, whatever it is, with the champagne and the popsicle. Mm. That was good. Um, but just a variety of things, so you weren't just stuck sitting in a lounge chair. There was mm. it was nice, a, a variety. But I agree that it was very tight in the back. Um, but again, totally accessible, but we didn't even try it. So
2: <laughs> so one of the things I read on the crazy forums that people just go nuts over, but they were they were worried about kids, you know, there wasn't any dedicated adult spaces like in some of the other ships. I never felt like that because I'm kind of like Becky. Like I have kids, um, but they're adult now. I did my time. I You <laughs> know, when they say there's, you know, I put in the, the, the hours. And, you know, I wanted you know, but I never had on these other spaces like Keg and Compass or anything when it was the adult time. I never saw that happening. Um, the Walt Disney Theater. I did have a kid that I just wanted to give him as much riddle as possible and throw him <laughs> off the balcony. But <laughs> other than that, it was Which, a, I didn't way, have any they, issues.
0: They actually they they frown upon that. Yeah. On the yeah. Ship, they, not, yeah.
4: <laughs> but I knew I liked you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what you guys bought. Yeah, that the whiskey. Just, just um, saying. I do want to just very quickly. I want to mention um, Nightingales, the the piano yeah. bar. Again, it's we keep using terms. They're small. They're intimate. I, I understand and appreciate the logic of this. I liked I'm somebody who prefers, and we'll, we'll talk about it actually next. I prefer. A small theater than these large cavernous type things. I like small intimate spaces. The problem is when a lot of people want to get into those small spaces. Nightingales is that small intimate cozy piano bar. But the final night, you know, it the final night you're packing, you're trying to get your your um your your suitcases out into the hallway by ten o'clock so they can pick them up for a disembarkation the next day. Next day and. So many people were texting like, you've got to come down to Nightingales. You need to come down to Nightingales. I'm like, but my bed, it's right there. It looked so comfy. <laughs> I came down to Nightingales, and I'm so happy that I did because, Jeff, you mentioned Michael by name. What is what is his last name again? It's called uh,
2: Mastery and Ta- Ta- Tawny, I think. He's on Instagram. That's why I stalked him there. I, I want to find
0: him and stalk him and thank him. And go- the man is an amazing musician. Um, both that was his for- first cruise. First she, she never would have known it. But I walk in and everybody has a smile on their face, a phone or a drink in their hand as Michael is sitting there playing his own arrangements of sing-along versions of classic Walt Disney World theme songs. You want to talk about knowing your audience and playing to the crowd. I don't remember any time, any place where every single person in the room as exhausted as they were were having such a good time like mm-hmm. the utilization of that space and knowing exactly who to put in there and what to play was some of the best i probably saw on board
1: yeah oh he was amazing uh, yeah and very nice too like he spent mm-hmm. time talking to people afterwards and not just rushing to his next, whatever he had to do. Um, unfortunately, he will not be on the December 5th cruise. I did ask. Oh. Um, so he's done with after this contract, but hopefully we'll come back. Um, Cause I did put him on my comment card that he had to come back. So
0: <laughs> the petition to bring back Mike is going to be started yeah. very, very quickly.
1: I have his business card. I'll share it with you. Yeah.
0: He's moving to Orlando, by the way.
2: That's what he told yeah. told us. So, but um, yeah, I thought, And it was a request. So he would take requests that people would just shout out. I mean, he did everything. I I mean, he sang Phineas and Ferb uh, song at the end, which is just amazing. And then he did Feed the Birds, which is just one of my my all time favorite songs. But and I have it on my Instagram story. We were in the lounge. And he, there was a final set before he went to Nightingales. He played um, an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. And my my wife's an incredible Earth, Winds, and Fire fan, and she went bonkers. <laughs> and so I got that on video. But he, he, and he was so nice. He talked, you know, like uh, Vanessa was saying, he talked to us. But that last night, and once again, if there's something you want to see and you notice there's a performer and you notice they're going to be at different places, you need to get there early. So I was lucky enough. We went with Paul. We had a nice seat in the back because we got there like as soon as our other show was over and we sat down and got in there before the crowd hit and it was worth it. I mean, so get your, your booties to those seats as fast as possible. If you enjoy these live singers, because I mean, it was, it was fantastic.
0: Well, and that actually is a great segue to what was next on my list, <clears throat> which was the live entertainment and the theater shows. And we mentioned the piano player. I mentioned earlier, Victor Phonics in the grand hall. And I want to just quickly talk about what takes place in the Walt Disney Theater, which is a gorgeous space. Again, I keep referencing back to my conversation with Theron in terms of the design inspiration, these forest worlds of Fantasia and the warm woods and the gilded columns and the flowers and the leaves are are just, it's a gorgeous theater. And I will admit that when we were on the last cruise, and they talked about the Welcome Show, which is, you know, I've been on a number of cruises when I've seen Welcome Show once, twice, three, five times. I don't necessarily felt I needed to see it again. They said, oh, yeah, this one's great because Goofy finds his inner captain. I'm like, all right, it sounds like one for the kids. I am so happy that I went to go see sees, Seas, Seas, Seas the Adventure. Mm-hmm. It may be my favorite show in that I've seen in the Walt Disney Theater, it's lighthearted and fun and funny. And look, if you've seen "Believe in Dreams," they can some they're, they're fun and funny too. But can you know there's some heavy messages in there too. Incredible performers, that trio of Moana and Merida and Elsa, and that harmonized medley is remarkably good. And then Tiana walks out and steals <laughs> yeah. the show. And my little entrepreneurial heart, because I love Tiana. So much that to me is like, and I think there's still elements of that show that they're still building in. It's like the perfect show. And I, and I know that's a little bit of hyperbole, but you've got the classic Disney characters. You've got classic Disney. When I say classic Disney characters, I mean goofy and Mickey and Minnie, but then you have classic Disney animated characters. I don't want to spoil who some of the other characters are that come out and sing some of my favorite songs But it has heart, and it has soul, and it has energy and emotion. I love, love, I loved Seize the Adventure more than I loved the modern-day adaptation of The Little Mermaid.
4: Which is a wonderful show,
0: but Seize the Adventure, for me, absolutely takes the cake. We did not see Aladdin. Again, I said at the beginning, not everything is finished. The Aladdin show was not finished, but... Seize the Adventure was amazing. I know a lot of people who loved Little Mermaid. I loved the theater. Um, I know, Vanessa, I, I I think I was talking to you or somebody else. There is accessible seating in uh, the Walt Disney Theater as well as the Disney Wish Cinemas. And if you get there early, uh, crew members will help you um, to wheelchair accessible seating. But, um, you know, all of you, just quick quick thoughts on the show or shows that you saw in the Walt Disney Theater?
1: I love Seize the Adventure. I mean, it, it it teaches you just to keep going after your dreams. And I've seen it twice now, and I picked up on little different things both times. So I think it's, again, I will watch it again just to see what there is in there. Um, and I'm like you, I liked it better than Little Mermaid. I loved Little Mermaid, but I really liked Seize the Adventure. And real quick on what you said about the accessibility, um, On the other four ships, in order to get down to the lower level for a wheelchair or uh, ECV user, you had to go through airlock doors or fire doors to get there. They made an entire hallway that's accessible all the way down to deck two, and you can wheel in. And now there's even, uh, I shouldn't give away again my secrets. But there's a cutout in the middle of the theater for at least two or three wheelchairs to sit. So you're not always on the wings. You can be right front and center, That's not nice. at the stage, but back by the sound guys. And it it was a perfect spot. I love sitting there with Andrew. Um, but the theater is beautiful with all the and has projections they can do. And it was nice.
4: Yeah, I really liked the. The The welcome show. I'm that same. I've seen so many welcome shows that I was just kind of like, eh, okay, this one I loved. I, it was surprising at places. It had a great message. It had a great story. You see so many characters. So it mm-hmm. really sets off your your cruise with the right uh, frame of mind to, to get into the Disney story. Um, I loved that one. But my favorite wasn't actually in the theater. And hopefully we will hit on that in a minute. But I Little Mermaid was good, but I liked the uh, the opening one better.
2: Same with me. I think the 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 seas, it was better. Now, Little Mermaid, I liked uh, because the technical stuff, I loved some of the projections. It was more of a technical show with the puppets Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. We actually a couple interesting things. We sat in the balcony all three times, even for the juggler which if you want to talk about we can talk about, but um, the uh, we sat up there and we sat in the second row. It was a great seat. The interesting things, they didn't open up any of the side balconies at all. Right. Um, and they wouldn't let anybody sit in the front row. And I think, because the second time we sat there, I was like, he had to move some kids who were sitting there and they moved the sign. And I kind of said, is it because of safety? And he's like, yeah, because mm-hmm. the railings are really short. So they have mm-hmm. high ones where, you know, you turn the corner to go up and down the things, but then they have lower ones there. I don't know if they're ever going to open up that front row because it would be easy for somebody just to pitch over onto, you know, and go down there. So they're either going to have to redesign those railings, which would be bad because it would block your site, or um, they're just never going to let anybody sit in those those front rows.
1: Yeah. And the side ones, we talked to <clears throat> Jimmy, the cruise director, and he said they're just not ready yet for anybody to sit up there. Uh, I don't know if the seats weren't bolted in or what, but he had talked about, <laughs> you really don't want to sit in those seats quite yet. So Injection eventually... And anybody will be able to access them. Like Becky said, concierge can go in first and pick their seats if they want those. But they will be an interesting viewpoint from the sides. So,
0: I did see the show from the the uh, orchestra level, and I also saw it from the balcony level. And and Becky, you and I saw it once from a, literally like the farthest seats all the way <laughs> stage left on. Mm-hmm. One of the shows, there really isn't a bad seat in the house. I mean, certain seats, you know, have have better, more direct views. But the way that it's designed, no matter where it is that you sit, there really isn't a bad seat. Um, I, I like sitting on the lower, um, the lower deck myself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to let's quickly get to the last two on our list of ten, and I think this is a, a perfect segue going from these theater shows and live entertainment that the family can enjoy together because, again, your kids might be at the kids' club during the day. You get together for dinner and then go to the show. But I want to talk about some of the other family activities that you can do together because that's one of the things that really, I think, sets Disney apart is all or all the activities that you can do. There's now not one but two different movie theaters. They're basically mirror images of each other other than theming. There's a Wonderland and Neverland Cinema each seats about 70 or so in um in smaller more intimate theaters again we talked earlier about some of there's a lot of activities and games throughout the day whether it is trivia in the different lounges there's um there's adult games at night but there's a lot of family friendly like game shows during the day bingo is a big thing becky Kahn. yes down. Becky, it's your you, fault. It's totally your fault. Of course it's my fault. Um, <laughs> They now have new handsets in Bing. If you've played before, the new electronic handsets. It's awesome. Are, it's perfect for Becky. She yep. has a chance to win money and doesn't have to do a thing. It just You just sit works- there and look at the screen. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I Becky, that. the Absolutely. first step is admitting you have a bingo problem. I, and I'm starting I have. <laughs> to think you have a bingo problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
4: it, it's caused by you. It's you're the one that said, hey, let's go play bingo. And this was on the maiden voyage. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go play bingo. And then, sure enough, and I kind of got into bingo. bingo
0: uh, you have to get downstairs and get our seats. We need to go. Get, yes. We need to be in bingo. We
4: have to go get bingo.
0: So now bingo it's a thing. sell out. Bingo does. It's very popular, especially as you, as you start <sighs> to get to the later bingos where you can win $10,000. Well, and, yeah, but you know, the thing I did notice
4: – Again, those those handsets that I love so much, you don't have to do anything and it tells you when to scream bingo so you're not embarrassed when you, you know, pop the wrong the wrong number in the wrong place. Um, they sell fast. Yeah. And if you're not up there and grabbing those at the at the right time or at the very beginning when it goes on sale, you end up with the cards and the cards to me are like I didn't pay attention was that I or N or G or O 17. <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure what like I'm doing cards. here.
0: Cuz the cards you no longer have to pop the number they they're in a protective sheet, so you just take a an erasable marker and you use the cards. I yeah,
4: like but it requires it, too. But you do have some interactivity with the with the little thing because you're looking at it, <laughs> and you're looking at the 70 cards that you have, and
0: hopefully one will actually let, allow you to stand. Which that didn't ca- that <laughs> that electronic bingo is mm-hmm. the second most Becky thing on the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't want to ask what's the first. We'll just leave, <laughs> that. We just leave it um, at that. It was awesome. Um, other activities that I think are, are family fun and family friendly, and I'm curious if any of you did this, is the Aquamouse, the first Disney attraction at sea. This 760-foot water coaster that wraps around the top of the deck. Uh, featuring show scenes from the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. I didn't realize until this cruise that there's actually two different versions. There's a sort of (laughs) uh, a summertime version and there's a wintertime version, depending on what day that you go. It's like being dropped into a Mickey animated short um, with special effects. I unfortunately did not get a chance to ride on this cruise. And the surprise for me from the very first time I was on board The Wish is something that, again, if you've done it once, you've done it twice, you're like, okay, it's fine. It's fun. The Pirates Rockin' (laughs) Parlay Party. Best show ever. It's (laughs) so good. You want to talk about leveling up something that has been on other cruises for Pirate Night. As long as Disney Cruise Line has been around, having the live band, which how they sync to the fireworks is amazing. The stunt performers, the fireworks set to music that is from our generation, Captain Jack Sparrow, Captain Red, acrobats, performers, the live band. I love, love, (laughs) love the Pirates Rock and Parley Party. Yes, yes.
2: It's amazing. And once again, that screen that we talk about, all the tech is like on this ship is top notch like yeah. uh, we went and saw a uh, of madness in the theater and it was amazing uh because of just the clarity and stuff and then that screen outside for the the rock and party i mean there isn't a bad seat i mean cuz you know sometimes you're like oh i can't see i'm not going to be able to see if i'm up on the second d- deck and far away that screen is so bright and so crisp and they do such a great job of keeping the action where it needs to be it's just it's amazing show and the the music oh my gosh
4: oh we- my god the music yeah. speaks right to us this is this is the oh my god we're really old because now the <laughs> cruise ship music is, yeah. is <laughs> <Sorry>. our music <laughs> well
2: and then warmed it up if i mean i noticed that they cut one of the tracks short to put you know the final you know we will i think it was we will rock you before we the, the yeah. show started and got everybody singing and dancing and I mean, it was just so much fun being and and deck. on yeah. the deck was yes. amazing. Oh my God.
4: Yeah. And it's got a great story to it, too. It's mm-hmm. not just guys coming out and singing. There's a story that is unfolding in front of you. So it is actually a show. It's
0: mm-hmm. not
4: just a, a band playing, which I love that. And in the pyrotech in me looks up and goes, finally, they did it right. Yeah. Um, the other the other fireworks shows are almost like uh, Roman candles that are just going off one after another, after another, after another. This one, they have two shot spots. So so there's, there's two uh, uh, pyro shots going on at the exact same time and then multiples at others, and it really is a fireworks show at sea, finally. Um, I, I just think that what they've done here is created something that I'm not going to miss every single time I'm on board.
1: No, I agree. Yeah. And being able to shoot from both funnels now is amazing. Mm-hmm. And people stayed afterwards and danced. I mean, we were up there, yep. with Deanna and other people just, I don't know where you guys were eating pizza or something, but we were having a great time. <laughs> don't judge you just know, dancing, just, eating, just, eating pizza. With the music and <laughs> just having fun. And the crew members were still out there, keeping people moving. And it was very fun. I, yeah. I truly enjoyed that one as well.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the pirate party is something not to be missed and something I found that I was really really looking forward to um this year not just because we also tied it in with our pajama party and pizza it was a sort of the pizza party pajama trifecta so it was uh, if you could turn the pirate party up until 11 uh, that's what it'll look like um anything else that I on on the entertainment side oh. Ms Mencken I'm well, Princess. it's you
4: not mentioned. really entertainment but I guess it could be entertainment the one thing I do want to it- to just raise a glass and say thank you thank you thank you to the gods that um made sure that Disney Cruise Line sailed with a real internet package <laughs> 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 because unlike times before when it's it's rated on the megabytes you use, which is we all know, one picture going up to Facebook can cost you a lot of money. And especially if you don't turn off automatic uploads or downloads on your phone, you can end up with an $800 internet bill. They have finally rolled out a 24-hour per day or for the entire so, you can always stay connected. And thank you, Disney Cruise Line, for finally listening to all that feedback uh, because you have to use your phone now when you're on board to to check everything. So, I, and I know some people are going to be like, I don't want to use my I don't want to have internet because I want a vacation when I'm there and that's great. You don't have to. You can just you can still message and use their their chat features and other things without actually having to connect to the internet, which is nice because you can still communicate. But for those of us who work when we're there, um it's so much less expensive, thank you, and so much easier to use. And I'm not having to sign in and sign out and forget about signing in or signing out. Um, that is just incredible, and I hope that it rolls out to the other ships pretty quickly.
0: It's a blessing and a curse. Yes, it's exactly. It's exactly. a blessing <laughs> and a curse, because it used to be you got on a ship and you throw your phone in the safe, and it was like, wait, yeah. I'm just connected. Now, even without buying the internet package, you do have access to text messaging, and I, I believe... Uh, I believe it also works with things like WhatsApp and maybe iMessage message iMessage I message. I message. um but having that uh, the the ease of oh let me check my email let me check it, it's tough there's a lot of self-control that you have to um exercise on yourself or just not get the internet other than hey I just got to just make sure nothing is you yep. know literally or figuratively on fire when we get home the last thing I wanted to mention because I know for some people, um, it, it's very very important. Is the shopping on board? Um, there is a, a number of different shopping experiences. Mickey's Main sale is sort of the 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 main Disney cruise line merchandise. Obviously, there's a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and and there's a Shutter's um, and a, a small little um, Dory's Forget Me Not up on deck eleven for for swimwear, but on deck three. There are three shops um, that are connected to each other. It's uh, the Enchanted Castle Jewels, Once Upon a Time, and Royal Regalia. Very high-end jewelry, purse, watch shops um, for those guests that are looking for that. I, That's, again, like the shave. Not my thing. I do understand um, the safety and security of being able to buy things like that. I guess it's tax-free when you're out at sea without having to worry about going into Nassau and am I getting scammed and is this reliable? You know you've got sort of that Disney bubble insurance policy around you by having the shops being right there on board. It does take up a pretty significant portion of Deck 3. Uh, Across the way is um, Once Upon a Time. No, sorry, Three Wishes. No, Three Wishes is one of the elegant ones. Once Upon a Time is on the other side again with uh, pocketbooks and Pandora, some sundries and and things like that. Um, I don't know how much shopping you guys did. Any, any thoughts on shopping one way or the other?
1: Well, that last one you mentioned um, also carries some of the ornaments and other little things that are in Mickey's main sale and some of the shirts. So if you don't want to stand in line at Mickey's, they do have some of those items over there that are specific to the wish that I found that, um, I thought was good because the line would get crazy over at Mickey's main sale. I just wish they had like the other ships, some more Disney cruise line wear and things like that versus just all wish the pair of, you know, merchandise and stuff. Um, I felt they were missing a little bit more of the cruise line look clothing. They could have shortened some of the jewelry down or something. Yeah. But. I
4: have a, I have a feeling for that one was probably because they had to have so much space for the inaugural stuff. Um, because of course that's the inaugural season is just going to take off like mad and that's going to be their, their biggest seller. And they've got a lot of great merch for Mm -hmm. the inaugural season and a lot of great variety. Um, but once that's over, I'm sure that the DCL stuff may roll back in a little bit more, maybe.
1: Cause I did see different stuff, the maiden versus the August 1st, yeah. totally different items in there. So they probably sold out, not just that said maiden, but you know, just regular men's shirts and different things. Yeah. Mode, of,
2: so. so I'm not a big shopper and you know, I think that space could be more Bayou space actually, but cause I'm like, I just need my choose the good t-shirt and that's all I need. And, um, <laughs> but the one thing I did notice that was very cool, a lot of the artwork that you see around the ship, you can actually get there inside the, uh, the, uh, the stores and have it sent right to your, your home. You don't have to carry it off with you or anything like that. So, uh, because I mean, once again, the artwork on the ship is just really, really cool. And I just, I spent a lot of time looking at it and people who are into that thing will really enjoy this ship.
1: Yeah. There were two spaces. There were kiosks and one deck where you could order some. And then I found some that were pre, uh, matted inside Mm -hmm. Mickey's mainsail too. So got one right behind me. And one thing I want
0: to very quickly mention, um, because it's very important to me and the WW Radio family, because together we've raised more than half a million dollars since I started this uh, venture more than 17 years ago. Um, You may have heard that when the Disney Wish launched, um, she's the only ship where all Make-A-Wish children, past, present, and future, are recognized as the quote-unquote godmother of the vessel, which is wonderful and the christening cruise and that ceremony was was very, very emotional and, and very heartwarming. But I, I like the fact that Disney is doing one other thing and it, and it directly ties into merchandise because during the inaugural season, which is basically like the first year of the Disney Wish, the Disney Cruise Line created an exclusive line of merchandise that includes plushes and pins, spirit jerseys, uh, headbands, Turvis tumblers, And I noticed this when we were in Mickey's main sale that Disney is going to donate 10% of the purchase price, not like their net, of the purchase price from the sale of every item in the Disney Wish limited edition collection from now through July 18th, 2023 to make a wish so that they can grant more of the wishes that they've been doing for so many years I love nice. this. I, I'm literally choked up um, reading this because it's so meaningful to me and, and so many other people. And, and I think it really is a wonderful thing that that Disney does, and really bears mentioning.
1: Yeah. and that merchandise is really
0: cute. I yeah, have the plush two of them. They're really cute. I may or may not be giving some away on this week's trivia Ooh. contest. Stay tuned. If you're still awake, <laughs> stay tuned. Okay, <laughs> quick lightning round question for you because <sighs> you know. It's this is the exact short show that I hoped it was going to be. <laughs> Give me whether it's one thing, two things, three things, five things, whatever it is, things that you think are better on the Disney wish, right? We talk about things that we learned, talk about things that we loved. And I think that as we spent time on these sailings, we found some things that are different um, that maybe we didn't like as much and maybe some things that we loved even more, what are one, three, five, whatever it is, things that you think are better on the Disney wish, Vanessa, Jeff, and because Becky, you need time to think and Google, I will let you go last.
4: So sweet of you. <laughs> well,
1: there's one thing I can't decide if I love it or not, but I think it, <laughs> I think it's better for everybody. Is the fairy tale laundry, um, mm-hmm. which we didn't talk about, but it's on deck eight now, and it's very large. It it's has um, like thirty dryers, twenty six washers, ten ironing boards, um, a lot of space to move around. It was nice, and it, you run it all through your app too, so you don't have to sit there if you don't want to. And I can't remember. I, I believe they lock, and you can't get stuff out until you're there with your navigator app. Um, The only downside to it, I was in eight aft, and it literally took me five minutes. I I timed it to go from there where before I I could be, I could go up to seven or down down to seven and up to nine and find a closer laundry area to iron, but it's beautiful. And I, I think once more people start using it, it'll become what they want it to be you know functioning laundry and stuff which i hate to do on a cruise but sometimes you have to so
2: yeah especially when you spill everything on your your clothes the first night but uh, <laughs> when
1: I, I did love the sail away the set sail on a wish um party not just because i got to be up there but <laughs> it was it was really cute i liked it it was fun so
2: so for mine uh now keep in mind i've been on the magic and this is my second ship so it's like two totally different things and i think you can't i just don't think there's one better than the other i mean i would get on the magic in the heartbeat again Mm -hmm. because i love that ship Uh, but i do think these things were a little bit better i think marshley market i just liked the way it looked in the theming i thought it just was it was fun to explore and see those things i love any history about walt and any tie-in that it has and getting those things. I mean, even the glass cases, there was little things. There was like this joy of cooking from, um, I think it was Gustav was in there at a, a picture book or whatever. It was just, it was just fun stuff to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the food overall was a little bit better, especially because of Marceline market and that quick service being able to get all those different options at different times, I think was really, really good. I mean, barbecue can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, pirate night, I thought was just spectacular. I wish they would do two shows cause I'd go to two of them. Um, and I thought the music, the live music, was like we've talked about all this show, uh, was just fabulous. I really loved uh, the Victrolas kind of forty music that they had in the grand hall, and that we stumbled upon coming out of the wall. I think it was out of nineteen twenty three. Like, what is this awesomeness? What is going on? <laughs> and it comes to find out, it's the the people who are performing in the shows. It was they would. They were, doing that's those people are doing it. Like, so the guy who played Sebastian was doing some of the singing and they would switch it out because I think they had three shows that evening. So if you're on the wish, highlight that in your app, put a heart by it. If you like live music and don't miss any of those because they're different sets each time. And they're just so much fun. And there was like people dressed as flapper girls and because it was a semi formal night, I guess. And it was just fun. They had a conga line at the end. I mean, (laughs) So cool. So uh, that was some of the fun stuff that I, I like better on The Wish.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to add, though, look at it for all the little details that are kind of hidden, but not really. Like my favorite one is Jiminy Cricket at the Wishing Star Bar and his little saying behind him on the mirror. Um, they have little hidden gems everywhere. You just have to take time and look and not just be trying to figure out where you're going, but just stop and look around is what I loved about the wish too. It was very refreshing and new and it was fun to explore.
4: Yeah. When you're in those spaces, if you could look at the actual detail rather than the entire forest and look at the tree instead um, you would pick up on all kinds of little details that, you know, aren't in your face, which is so wonderful about exploring. I have four, I have four things that are, the standouts about this ship and directly correlate to frankly the type of person that this ship is specifically designed for which I think Lou you're probably going to touch on in a minute but for me um the spa is superior to the other ships hands down the kids clubs vastly superior and well thought out and they have they're superior because it's test and adjust right you've you've gone through four different ships and now you've adjusted to the feedback and the needs of the families mm-hmm. and the needs of other people on board um pirate night again so <laughs> yes. superior to what you see on the other ships and yes finally the concierge level i, I think that they've done it right they've knocked it out of the park with this um this version of of a concierge on board disney cruise line And uh, again, it's the place that if anybody asks me where they should sail and I'm with you, I love the other ships too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the wonder Um, that's probably my favorite out of all of the ships, but if you're a concierge client and this is what you want to do, and this is how you want to spend your money and and how you want to vacation, the wish is probably a better choice.
0: I concur. And uh, my, uh, my, list of one to five things that are better on the wish it extends a little bit longer than five, but that's okay because I'm going to do it super fast-ish, lightning round-ish. Oh. Jeff, I agree with you. Far, The number one thing I put down was 1923. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because I think, again, not to be hyperbolic, I think 1923 is the best food on Disney Cruise Line, period. Paulo, I'm looking at you. I think 1923 is that good. The first time we were there, I enjoyed my meal so much. I think it was like you or my kids were like that. I can't believe how much you're smiling through this meal because I loved it so much. And it's not just the food because I appreciate so much that 1923 is a love letter to not just Walt and Roy and the art, but the animators and the creators and what made the company the company and it's an entertainment free dining experience it's the only one that has Mm -hmm. no entertainment because the food and the atmosphere and walt and roy and the animators and the creators are the star of that show the number two the food on deck 11 i think is is Mm -hmm. outstanding like really really good like Kudos to the chef for turning the simplest things like a bratwurst and a hamburger up a notch when you almost don't expect it. And, oi, the pizza. I think the staterooms are better. Um, I, I like the bathrooms. Um, again, simple things like the glass door. The overall interior designs of the ship, the Bayou 1923, that's... Um, That New Orleans vibe, that 20s and 30s vibe, like, is right up my alley. The Pirate Party, Jeff, you're right. The live music, Disney Victronics was so, so good. The Kids Club, the Concierge Lounge, not my thing, but I dig it, I appreciate it, and I can see that it clearly is a step up from the other ships. Uh, I think Arendelle is excellent. I mentioned the internet, it's better. It's a blessing and the curse. Um, The pools and the deck, I think, also, I like the layout much more. It's a simple, ridiculous throwaway, but I want to mention it because if you have young kids, when you embark on the ship and they call your family name and there's something special about that, Disney did something else that it's, it's small and it's simple, but every kid that boards the ship gets a wishing wand, to make their very first wish of the trip and then to wish again in the Grand Hall on the final night of the voyage. Um, I I just love that. I love not because it's the physical, tangible thing, but because it empowers these kids to dream and to wish and it sort of makes them feel really special. And to tie it in, we didn't even mention the kiss goodnight and what that chandelier does at midnight especially um every night of the voyage force yourself to to mocha latte frappuccino it up and get some caffeine and stay up because it is worth watching both on the last night and on pirate nights when that oh, yes. grand hall mm-hmm. takes on a very 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 different type of feel uh becky you you alluded to it i think the disney wish is beautiful it's elegant it's enchanting um i think whether you are a first time cruiser or have cruised on disney cruise line before there are reasons to go hopefully we've given you many i do think it's great for those guests that want a slightly more upscale experience on disney cruise line i also think it's a great cruise for first time cruisers with families i think you were going to walk in mm-hmm. to that ship And your jaw is going to hit the floor. And even as a seasoned cruiser, we felt that too. But you never forget sort of your first night on Disney Cruise Line and certainly not on The Wish. Uh, If you're listening and have questions, that's okay because on this Wednesday night's live show, I'm going to take some questions live. Who knows? maybe, Maybe Becky Mankin will be there with me. Maybe Jeff and Vanessa will be there with me too. We will take your questions about The Wish live. And if you're like, oh, my God, I so want to cruise, more importantly, I want to cruise with you, you can come with us again on December 5th for a very merry time cruise on the Disney Wish. Um, And after this cruise and all the fun that we had with our own events like magnet exchanges, door decorating contests, scavenger hunts, you really want to explore the ship, trust me, try this. Our gift exchange, the ice cream social, meetups over coffee, lunch and ice cream. Yes, there's always food involved. Um, I promise you nobody has more fun than us. Um, Becky, Vanessa and Jeff, thank you for not just spending so much time with me tonight, but really more importantly, spending so much time with me and us and our WW Radio family on board um, the Disney Wish. Cruising really is better when you get to do it and share it and experience it with friends. Uh, Vanessa, I know you have been writing for, gosh, a long, long time and continue to share a lot of great stuff about not just Disney Cruise Line and Disney Wish, but about traveling to Disney Cruise and um Walt Disney World and the Disney Parks, um, especially from an accessibility point of view, they can find you on um, the Radio site. Anywhere else that people should look for you or just link, you want me to link to your articles there?
1: Yeah, and on Facebook, you can find me and friend me. I'm I'm good with that. So (laughs) I (laughs) I think there's a link on my, under the WW radio. I will put
0: that in the show notes. Jeff C., where can people find you other than at the buffet?
2: right at uh, jeffc.com jeffc.com also at social media news live and uh, if you want to find me online it's jeff and the last name is spelled s is in sam i e h i before e especially in c and if you follow me over on instagram there's actually i took all the i did a lot i did a lou Mangello, and i took all my instagram and i have them all as a highlight so if you want to see some of the stuff we talked about there's a lot of keg and compass uh, in there but uh and a lot of buffets but if you want to see some um, shots of the wish in some different areas you can go there and check that out and uh, i tagged lou and all those too so you can find him that way as well
0: and of course you can find becky Mencken not just in the concierge lounge but wow. you can find her over at mousefantravel.com if and- you want to come with us or if you want to book a cruise on disney cruise line on your own Becky and her amazing team of agents, many of whom were on board with us, um, will certainly be able to help you out.
4: And um, apparently on an article at WW Radio, which I maybe get to actually write more, which would be fun. And then you can find me there, too. <laughs> and at hope- Becky Mankin. Everywhere I will put on the links to
0: All this stuff <laughs> in the show notes. Um, thank you again so very much. All right, quick question: Becky, Vanessa, and the Jets. If you can transport yourself onto the Disney Wish right now, well, and you can be there for ten minutes, what would be the one thing you would do? Go only only ten minutes. Ten minutes. Hurry up,
4: fast. Oh my God. I, You should never call on me first. I know. <laughs> you, you I would sit
2: first. there. The tuna, tuna, all the oh, tuna I could eat. Yeah.
4: Okay. See so that that's smart. Thank you, Jeff. Um, no tuna, pasta, fillet. In that order, tuna, pasta, filet. 10
2: minutes. And I then maybe
4: it. a burker, burgers, Bersker, that other drink that's not $5,000, I would have Best too. That was so good. Yes. Thank yeah. you. That one. That gives
0: you Star Wars <laughs> good. Oh, 1923.
1: Just, I love that. The food, exploring, just all the memorabilia in there is just amazing that they put it there. So you can find me there.
2: I said tuna. Oh, you'll be the well, you, I you was know. the tuna guy. How about, how about you?
0: Like you'll find all of us at, uh, at 1922 <laughs> <laughs> Or a close bar. Yeah. That old Disney Victronics and, uh, mm. and a Kiss Goodnight. I mean, not a literal Kiss Goodnight. What? You're making weird. Yeah, kind of. It's time for our Disney trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World or this week's Disney Cruise Lines history, details, see how well you remember what you've seen, heard, or even tasted. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win the Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by Displate. And I just learned about Displate and now I'm obsessed because Displates are high quality prints on metal which makes them great for the environment that are mounted on the wall with the help of a magnet, which makes them incredibly easy to hang and, even better, swap out designs quickly and easily. No nails in the wall, no levels and hooks and hammers, just an easy-to-attach metal square. And there are literally millions of designs with officially licensed art from Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix, there's The Mandalorian and Stranger Things and Spider-Man, When I say millions, I mean millions. So with Displate, you can literally build collections of the things that you are passionate about and put them right on your wall. I'm going to post a video soon of my unboxing of my first set of Displates, which definitely won't be my last, especially since my kids saw them, freaked out, and now have a wish list of their own for their own rooms. Plus, with every print that you purchase, Displate plants one baby tree. And so far, they've planted nearly 17 million trees. So not only does your displate make your room look cool, but it helps others in need and makes a real difference. You can check out some of my favorite displates, including some that I already own, at displate.com slash WWRadio. That's displat ecom com slash WWRadio. More importantly, if you use that link, You also get my special discount, which will save you 25% off your first and second Displate. Or if you buy three or more, you can get 29% off, which is automatically applied to your cart. It's only available for a limited time, and you have to use displate.com slash radio to get the discount. Look, I believe in collecting what you are passionate about. If you see my office on live video, you know exactly what I mean. And with Displate, one small poster can start a big collection. Now, before we get to this week's trivia question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I was talking to former Vice President of Imagineering Theronskis about the Disney Wish, and I asked you to tell me what character, or a statue of what character, can be found in the Grand Hall of the Disney Wish. Thanks to so many of you who entered, got this one correct, and know, of course, that it is Cinderella. And last week, you are playing for a special Disney Wish prize package, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Preston Price. So Preston, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Disney Trivia Challenge. So each of the Disney Cruise Line ships have a fun, water-based experience at sea up on deck. And on the Disney Wish, we have the new Aqua Mouse, which is the first Disney attraction at sea. But what are the names of the other family-friendly water-based thrill rides on the other ships. I don't mean the ones for the Little Cruisers. I mean ones that are sort of the sisters of the Aqua Mouse. So on the four other ships, what are the names of the family-friendly water-based thrill rides? You have until Sunday, August 14th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. To go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. And this week, I have a special new prize for you, thanks to our friends over at Displate. Because the winner of this week's trivia contest can go to displate.com and select any of the literally millions of designs on the displate.com website that they will make and lovingly package for you if you get this week's trivia contest correct and are the randomly selected winner. And if that's not enough, stay tuned to my Instagram this week at instagram.com slash for another chance to win a prize package. This time it comes directly from the Disney Wish. I have some very cool stuff that I picked up on the last few cruises that I'm excited to make part of your prize package. So enter this week's trivia contest to win your own Displate and stay tuned to Instagram for a chance to win something from the Disney Wish. So good luck and have fun. That is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I know this week was a bit or a lot of a longer show, but we had a lot to cover and discuss and review about the Disney Wish. I'd like to know from you, have you been on the Wish? Are you planning to go? And or maybe tell me, what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship and why? You can come be part of the community and conversation by going over to www.com slash clubhouse, letting me know there, and discussing anything in the Disney, Marvel, Star Wars universe. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407 900 ww one and if you'd like to help the show and get cool exclusive rewards every month, you can be part of the radio Nation and literally help bring every episode of the show to life. Every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways are thanks to you. You can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and get things like scavenger hunts, take part in our group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, their shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, and much more. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Garrett Longhoffer, Steve Haynes, Patty Leslie, Sarah Matson, Judy Miller, and Kelly Faulkner to find out how you can be part of the Nation Family and help the show. Just visit wwradio.com/support. My Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World the weekend of October 22nd and 23rd at the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista is now more than 60% sold out, and I'd love for you to come and be one of the 50 entrepreneurs to come be part of an environment of learning, sharing, networking, and collaborating to help you truly move the needle, make a difference, level up, and turn what you love into what you do. You can learn more and secure your seat at lewmangello.com momentum. And early bird pricing is unfortunately over. However, I have a special $100 off discount code. Just for you, to thank you for being a friend and for listening to the show. So use code PODCAST100, one word, at checkout and you can save $100 on your weekend workshop ticket and that optional 10-person Mastermind Monday. That is, I think there's only three seats left currently for that as well. Stay tuned for a speaker and session announcement coming soon. I am very, very excited for who and what we have planned this year. Again, to learn more, visit lumangelo.com momentum or just send me an email if you have any questions about the event. And if you like the show and hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word tell a friend post a link to this or your favorite episode on social tag me at Bloom Angelo so I make sure that I see it and can reshare it for you and if you can take just a few seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast it is incredibly helpful I want to thank some recent reviewers like Sam Gels who says I love the podcast the host is very good at interviewing people Short, sweet. Thank you very much. And thank you, Anthony Mastrangelo, who says, It's my favorite Disney podcast. I found the show back in 2015 when I wanted to learn more about the parks. I wanted to find out about the history and details and secrets all about Walt Disney World. From in depth details of attractions to top tens, the podcast covers just about everything you want to know about the parks, screens, and everything in between. And if you want a VIP tour of the parks right from your couch or car, this is the podcast for you. Thank you, Lou, for sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world. and look forward to new each new episode each and every week. Anthony and Sam, thank you for your reviews. And more importantly, I want to say thank you to you. I want you to really understand just how much it means to me and how much I appreciate you and the fact that you listened to this and hopefully other episodes of the show in the past I am grateful to you and for you. And if there's anything I could do for you to help repay your kindness and your friendship, please let me know. But in the meantime, please, please, please remember be kind, be patient, be polite, be courteous to others. Like these are things that seemingly and sadly have been lost on so many people. It is very simple. It's very easy to be the positive light and change that we want to see, not just in ourselves, but in others. And I ask you to always remember to choose the good and find the good in everything and everyone that you see and do. And I promise there will be this incredible ripple effect of positivity that starts with you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that this is truly your best week ever. Hope to see you on the live show on Wednesday night and our next meet of the month or event on land or at sea. So until then, see ya.
5: Hey, Lou, it's Sean from Virginia, and my wife, Kay, is here. Um, so we're, we're back to reality, uh, waiting for my son to get done with uh, football practice, and we're ruminating and resonating and thinking about our, our first experience on a cruise and what a great time we had and how much I think... Um, I liked it much better going with a group of like-minded WDW folks. So I think the group cruise was a great way to be introduced to <clears throat> this whole idea of using cruise as a verb. Um, really liked the way it was set up. I think no need to apologize for the changes in schedule. Um, you know, obviously we could have followed you around all week or, you know, uh, go off and do our own things, which was great. Um my kids all liked it. They liked the idea of of being able to, you know, at sixteen. I mean, they're they're kind of old enough to do it anyway. But, you know, feeling really secure on the ship that they could walk around and they were very independent. My youngest daughter in particular would just come and go as she pleased, and she really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, they had mixed experiences in teen club. I think it was pretty crowded. Um, so, but they did, they did go back and forth and, and they frankly knew more about the shift by the end of it than I did. We, um, we loved the food. We did Ashante, which was probably top three meals of my entire life. I mean, it truly was incredible. My oldest said that, um, we broke their taste buds, that yeah. food will never be the same for them. Um, I did go from a 34 inch waist to a 36 inch waist <laughs> by the time the trip was over. Um in hindsight I I don't know that you need to upgrade the dining experiences. I felt like all the food was incredible. 1923 definitely being our favorite, but the the I had steak every single night and it was amazing every single night including the wagyu at Ashante which is I think hard to put into a it's apples and oranges. Um, we we enjoyed the our our staff, our stateroom host was amazing. The, the service on that ship was incredible. We 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 went to guest services one time. They were amazing. It felt like family like a like a lot of Disney customer service does. But I think knowing that they're gonna see you all week, they may have may have kicked it up to uh you know th- this service goes to eleven. Mm-hmm. Um and even even better than a normal Disney experience. Um so the meals, the food, incredible. Um I think the the only negative I could think of is the first day I was a little worried, having never done it, and every single person on that boat felt oh, like we're they were. At, right. Was in, time with all their luggage. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to love this. But by the evening, it was cleared out, and you could, you know, wander around. We took the. Okay, so I guess that was, uh, that was my hint to not talk anymore. But if you would like to know more or or hear more, um, please feel free to give me a, a call or. You know, just hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Again, thanks Lou for putting together such a great group. I know you you like to say that it's it's the people who make it, and while I do agree with that, I think that a uh, like Becky Menken does with her travel agents, I think good leadership yeah. is is an absolute must. And you do a great job at yeah. at creating a really wonderful, warm uh environment that that I, I truly love and am so grateful mm-hmm. to be a part of. So thanks, Lou, and, uh, you know, I guess next time I'll, I'll see you in Paris, even if it's just a DEF CON. <laughs> Bye, and thanks.
3: Hi, Lou and WDW Radio family. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts, and it is Wednesday, August 3rd. Haven't really called in a while, but I have been catching up on some shows. Um, just finished your most recent one about the Imagineering behind the Disney Wish. Um, the ship sounds absolutely beautiful and quite the experience. And I still have not been on a Disney cruise, and it is on my bucket list, and I'll get there someday. Um, and I think there's actually a trip because I have a co-worker leaving maybe. right now, actually. But anyone who's on it, I hope you're thoroughly enjoying your time. Um, and I just listened to the Territory Lounge live review which that is one of my absolute favorite lounges on all of property so awesome episode definitely made me hungry <laughs> um yeah i hope everyone's having an awesome week uh make someone's day magical make your own days magical you've got this whatever it is you're doing and i'll talk to y'all real soon see you later bye <music>